welcome to the Dr. Script Show, where we're talking about your favorite TV shows. What was good and majority bad? <laughs> oh, joining me today, Dr. Sam. Oh, you know, Taylor, you're still my queen, but I can't do that. <laughs> also, we don't just talk about the problems, we give solutions to the problems, which we got a whole little math board behind us figuring out today's problems. Uh, oh, man, we got a whole homeland cork board full of strings and figuring out where things lead because uh we got we got some we got a ways to go yep i'm glad we can count past 20 man oh so. <laughs> uh so i mean as in case you guys don't know we're doing game of thrones season uh, eight not the whole show just this last season that happened and it was uh you know behind the scenes discussion taylor said hey how do you feel about game of thrones for a thing and we're like yes can we fast track this yeah. Because it's important. This won't be a common thing. It's just like we've uh, had invested so much time into the show and now it's over and uh, we have thoughts. Speaking of investment, what's what's your history with Game of Thrones? Um, I got into it season two. I There was going to be spoilers for season eight and all of Game of Thrones. Oh, Heads yeah. up. Come on. Why would you do this? <laughs> why, guys? Why? <laughs> so I got spoiled about Ned Stark being killed mm-hmm. from uh, the soup out of anywhere. Joel really? McHale was making fun of uh, of uh, Sean Bean dying and everything. And I was like, oh, I guess he dies. And then one of my friends got me on the Game of Thrones and I have been a fan ever since. The Red Wedding traumatized me. I actually have mm-hmm. a fun story about my dad and I watching The Red Wedding. Because okay. he, that was the first episode he ever watched. It's also the episode where Great Joy gets his dick caught off. And oh, so wow. my dad's like, what the hell is this? And then The Red Wedding happens. And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, and he's like, what happened? I don't understand. I was like, they killed Everyone. Like, <laughs> literally killed everyone. So, yeah, I've been a fan for a while. I was very excited for this. They, I really thought they were going to stick the landing, and uh, that, that didn't happen. Ooh, oh, boy. Yeah, so what about you? What are your thoughts? Uh, I got into the show, like, season three just finished, and, like, people were talking about the Red Wedding, and I was like, all right, I'm going to start watching. Mm-hmm. And, like, I had also been spoiled for Sean Bean dying, possibly through the soup. I don't know. I watched that <laughs> show, too, but I don't know. Uh, and that was at the time where I didn't care, so I was like, Oh, this character that everybody, you know, liked died. And I didn't realize the significance that he was the main character. Yeah. And then I knew that I thought when I was watching The Red Wedding, I had heard that somebody died. And I saw that, you know, that's the screen grab of Catelyn getting her neck cut. And I was like, oh, so that's what happened. So the mom dies, too. And then we get to The Red Wedding. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, everybody. (laughs) And it's like it was insane because I it was right. It was like right before season four started that I had finally caught up. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I forget if I was watching with somebody week to week, but I think it was just me. And <laughs> the fun part of that is that I, for when I started watching, it was season four and I'd gotten through most of the season. And then there's the episode called The Mountain and the Viper. Uh-huh. And I was super jazzed for it because I had heard that, that was like Tyrion's trial by combat. And But at the time I was, uh, I was dating somebody long distance and I'd gone to go visit her, but I didn't have my computer with me. Ooh. So... What I did is I, I watched the episode on my phone. Oh, and here's no. The thing. Shame. Shame. It's the only Shame. time that's ever happened. <laughs> and let me tell you, the effects still hold up, held up on oh, my phone. Oh, okay. That's good. I, like, it was a bad experience being up there for the reasons that I was there. But see, that episode made it all worth it. <laughs> I was, a, again, a huge fan of the show. Loved it. was invested. Season, like as much as people didn't like season seven, you know, it was like ooh hit or miss. I I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was actually better than season five. 
Okay. Uh, I don't remember season five beat by beat, but I, I, I was a defender of seven. I was like, hey, guys, they know what they're doing. Yeah, These guys know they have a cork board, a whiteboard, <laughs> all the boards, and figuring out what, well, how this is going to That end. one where they like go beyond the wall, and people are like, this doesn't make sense. They they went beyond the... But the, the, they had no plan of attack against the white ones. Like, you guys, it's TV. They're just trying to go for it. Like, they're not smart guys. <laughs> and then, then it happens, and it's like, then you get to season eight. I'm like, all right, cool with it. And just, you know, episode by episode, one, two, I was like, oh, this is great. Three, I actually liked. A lot of people have a problem with the battle for Winterfell. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. Four, I was shaky on. It brought stuff back that I really liked, like conversations. I really <laughs> like conversations. It's like, okay, this isn't bad. We're doing a lot of stuff right now. We're doing a lot of stuff. And then five happened. I was like, okay, this wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> The very last one happened, and I was like, oh, okay. I was apathetic, and I think that's the worst feeling you can have about something. Like, you don't have... I didn't have utter hatred for it, and I wasn't happy. I was just like, whatever. Mm, yeah, that's the thing. Like, everyone's everyone soured so fast on this season, because... One and two, honestly, I was annoyed, because I was like, guys, we don't have a lot of time here. <laughs> like, you're... Episode one, I'm like, all right, I get it. You're setting the table. You're making everything. It's fine. Episode two, I'm like, you're still setting the table? Come on, guys. Episode three happened. I was like, oh, okay, you're just making a bad dinner. <laughs> it's like in the office when uh, they all go to Michael and Jan's place and they start cooking food mm-hmm. as they arrive. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll start eating at like 1 a.m. Yeah. And then episode, I actually liked episode four. Looking back, I didn't like knowing well, as the whole season, I don't like episode four as much. Five, I was like, all right, this seems about what was planning to happen. And then episode six, I was like, Bran, really? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, very disappointed. And I think we aren't going to say anything different than most people. Uh, It was rushed. It should have been longer. What do you guys... Star Wars probably had some effect on it. Maybe. I don't know. I I don't buy into that, but I do see where people think that is a thing. Because they did get picked up for Star Wars just before the last season aired. It does make sense. But I mean, I'm someone who defends things more often than they should even things I don't like mm-hmm. and there's just no there's nothing there's nothing here for me that for this one that's a very hard thing to admit yeah but hey it makes a good episode for the Dr. It, Script show because yeah. we got a lot to talk about exactly that was the point of this show ending so poorly so that we could have a great episode <laughs> yeah. uh, so for the uninitiated we will summarize this whole thing and so what we're going to do is we're just going to quickly summarize episodes one through six for the people that forgot already and then we're going to jump into surgery which is where like we go fix up and change things that we wanted to and if you just want to skip to the surgery part we got uh the little time codes in the description so go check that out and uh is there anything else you want to say before we start no, summarizing? Let's, let's dive in all right episode one of game of thrones title winterfell Ooh. so we are opening on the cold summers no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> we open on a little boy running through the town of winterfell <laughs> and it's like it's supposed to you know kind of call back to the beginning of the show and we see the armies that Daenerys and Jon have, like, amassed and have gathered everybody in the entire world is now inside of Winterfell, basically, except for everyone at King's Landing. Yes, and so all these people are watching this whole army of Dothraki and Unsullied come through, and we see in the distance two dragons fly up into the skies, and we see Sansa the queen of the north-ish right now, gaze upon all this going on, and she knows shit's about to go down. Oh, yeah. 
And so they all go to the north and stuff. And basically everyone's like, oh, Danny, it's so nice to see you. And then John's like, oh, my God, Bran, how are you guys doing? And Bran's just like, yo, we don't have freaking time for this. The Night King's coming right now. He has a dragon and we're all going to die. God. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, but then uh, all of the all of the the lords of, of the north gather together to talk strategy. And uh, when Tyrion, as a Lannister, shows up, they're like, hey, uh, what do you mean your sister's not going to come and help us? Wait, what do you mean your sister is not going to send an army to hurt us? I, we really don't trust that that's going to happen. And then Tyrion does one of his, his patented speeches, and he requires the help of Daenerys and Jon to be like, no, no, guys, he's cool. He's cool. Mm, is he cool? He's not cool. <laughs> uh, you can see in the starting part where, like, nobody in the North really trusts Daenerys. Yeah, we got Lyanna, the small little girl, being like, Guys, or John, we just made you king, and then you sort of dicked us over by, like, siding with her. Like, what the hell? And John's just like, this is John's, like, motif. She's like, she's my queen. And it's like, she's all of our queens. And it's like, eh, is he, though? Is she? Sorry. You should take a drink every time this season that John says, she's my queen. God. <laughs> so, yes, Tyrion brings up that the Lannister armies will maybe come. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, Sansa is fearing that not enough food will go around. She's like, what do dragons even eat? Which is fair. Um, and then Daenerys just looks over at her and says, whatever they want. <laughs> Pretty much. We cut to Arya reuniting with uh, John for mm-hmm. the first time, and they're in this little. <laughs> they're in the Tree of Knowledge. I can't remember the specific yeah, it's like, name. It's like the one tree that doesn't die. Like in the winter, it's like got all the red leaves and stuff. Arya's like, oh, how'd you sneak up on me? And, you know, they're planting little things right here. And they just have a talk. They're, John's glad to hear that Stinger is still around. Mm-hmm. Um, Needle? Needle. Yeah, it's not Stinger. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the dagger. Yeah. Not really, guys. Don't hurt me. I'm just making... It's so hard to make jokes. But also because things are... Whatever. Gendry's there, you know, hanging out. Oh, yes. Arya and Gendry have... Are, uh, are going to be reunited soon. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Basically, like, everyone's sort of just hanging out, doing their thing. Yeah. Do we just want to stay in Winterfell, say everything that happens in Winterfell, then uh, go to other there's, spots? There's two quick asides. I figure, figure it's worth just noting. We go to King's Landing. Cersei uh, is working with the, the Golden Army and with Euron Greyjoy yep. in order to have the Golden Army send their troops there because they have a good relationship with the Lannisters. That's where all the money is. And then Euron is, you know, the pirate king of the seas. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, freaking Euron. So Kyburn comes by and tells Cersei, like, hey, yeah, the White Walkers are here. Oh, we gotta hurry. And then Cersei's just like, hell yeah, they're here. This is what I was planning <laughs> on, yo. And so now Euron comes up with Yara uh, on board. They have a little quick conversation, whatever. Euron goes to Cersei and basically just like, yo, you're gonna fuck me. And I know you're gonna fuck me. Are you gonna fuck me? And for Cersei's like, nah. No. But then Euron's like, come on. She's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> and then she does. And he tells her, I'm going to put a prince in your belly. And I hated it. I hated every moment of it. Yep. And we've also, through the previous seasons, have been told, we're speculating, mm-hmm. you know, as of right now, that Cersei has told Tyrion that she has a baby. That's Jaime's. Yes. But, and yeah. uh, Cersei also uh, hires Bronn, the, the Knight of Blackwater, to take a crossbow and to go and kill Tyrion and Jaime in Winterfell. Yep, that comes back. <laughs> sure does. And then uh, Euron, after leaving his ships, uh, leaving Yara alone, there's an assault that happens on Euron's ships late at night. And we see that Theon has come and he saves Yara. Ooh. Cool. Ooh. <laughs> 
And yeah, basically at that point, Theon and Yara separate ways. Yara goes back to free the Iron Islands. Theon's like, I want to go uh, say, I want to go help Winterfell, and so he does. Yes, and so we go back to Winterfell, and we're we see our good boy Sam Tarly running around. He's meeting Daenerys for the first time, and so Sir Jorah is also there. And Sam's like, "Yeah, I helped him with his grade school. It was great." And then um, he asks Danny, "Like, hey, like, I also gonna need a pardon?" And Danny's like, "What did you do, Samuel?" Haha. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, you know, I took I stole some books from my, my local library." And it's like, oh, that's nothing. And he's like, also, I stole a sword from my dad. His name is also Tarly. And then Danny's like, oh, snap. You mean... You mean the Tarly that I burned alive? And Sam's like, oh, he was a bad guy anyway. At least my brother will finally be in charge. And she's like, ooh, ooh, uh, you mean the brother who stood with your father when he refused to, to bend the knee to me? I burned him alive, too. Fucking dick on, man. Dick on. Come on. You're, if you name your kid dick on, it's just like, you're you're setting it for failure. It's yeah. like naming your kid BJ. Come on. <laughs> my, my old boss's name was BJ. Oh, rip. Dude, did you? <laughs> let's, I won't touch that. So now Sam runs out of the whole area being, like, very sad and crying, which, you know, yeah. His brother and father just died. And so uh, Bran goes up to him and he's like, Hey, Sam, you should like uh, totally tell John about his heritage, that he's a, a Targaryen and actually has the rightful heir to the throne. And Sam's like, Yo, you're his brother. And he's like, Oh, I know you. And he's like, Well, I'm waiting for a friend, so I've got to stay here. Mm-hmm. And so Sam, sure enough, goes down to the crypts where uh, John is... Uh, just happens to be standing in front of his father's uh, to his, like grave. And is like, hey, uh, it's good to see you again, Sam. It's good to see you again, too, John. I've missed you. I love you. So anyways, you're a Targaryen. And he's like, what? Yeah, you're not Ned Stark's son. You're actually the, the son of uh, Lyanna Stark and uh, Rhaegar. Yeah, Aegon. Aegon. Aegon Targaryen. Uh, and you are technically the rightful heir because they got married right before you were born. Uh, but, uh, Danny... It's my queen. <laughs> She's my queen. I don't want it. Sam, I don't want it. And so they basically end that conversation just with John being stunned. And we cut to Bron, Bran sorry, looking into the distance as our main man, Jamie Lannister, dismounts his horse. And he makes eye contact with Bran. And he's like, ah, shit. I need to deal with that. <laughs> yes. Because in the going back to season one... Uh, Jamie pushed Brand out of the window that made him paralyzed, and now he's a cripple because of it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Jamie, um, you're a character. I mean, one, one last thing is that uh, Tormund and Beric Dondarrion, last we saw they were on the wall, they escaped the wall as the dragon was destroying the wall, mm. and they've made their way to House Umber, uh, where they are going through the castle, they meet up, they're like, oh, it's good to see you, and then they find uh, the little Umber boy that John had sent out to tell his family that they should join them at Winterfell. Uh, he's super dead, turned into a White Walker, has to stab him, and the, they found out that uh, the White Walkers have already made their way through House Umber, which means that they are, like, imminently close to Winterfell. Yep, so shit's going down. And we're going to episode two now, A Knight of Seven Kingdoms. Cool. Cool. I mean, this one doesn't need a whole lot of summary. It's a lot of people preparing for battle, a lot of like character relationships, but we open on uh, not necessarily Jamie's trial, 
But Jamie shows up in front of everybody in the North, including Daenerys and Jon and Sansa and everybody who rules everything. And everyone's like, hey, uh, why shouldn't we kill Jamie right now? <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, I know, we, sh- we probably should. And once again, Tyrion comes up. He's like, big speech. No, no, no. Trust my brother. Everything's fine. I know he just told us that Cersei is planning to deceive everyone and kill us all once the war's over. And it's like, well, yeah. Luckily for him, Brienne shows up and says, no, 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 Jamie's a good guy. I trust him with my life. And Sansa says, oh, well, if Brienne says he's okay, then I think he's okay. And with that, that's enough for Jon to turn around and everyone's like, fine, Jamie, you can stay. <laughs> and yeah, so Jamie's scot all free. He actually has a conversation with Bran next, being like, hey, why didn't you tell anyone that, uh, you know, I paralyzed you? And Bran's just like, oh, you did it. You, I don't even remember what he says. It's just like, we're not the same people we once were. And then just kind of move on from there. Yeah, and then Jamie's like, all right, cool. Which is not true for Jamie later on, but we can, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Basically, Daenerys is super pissed at Tyrion for making every single mistake for the last two years straight. <laughs> and it's Jorah that's like, hey, come on, be easy on him. Yeah, come on, girl. But, I mean, to be fair, yes, Tyrion's messed up a ton. Like, yes. I don't remember the last time he said something correctly. Like, that he predicted. It was, like, season, like, six, maybe season five. Like, I think the last thing that he did correctly was what made Daenerys make him Hand of the Queen. Mm -hmm. And then from there, he's just, like, not been... Like, and I have a a defense for that because I really do like Tyrion. I do know where he's coming from. Right. But, God, they could have... Whatever. We'll get there. We'll get there. Daenerys, in addition to being told to forgive Tyrion, is also decides that she wants to win over Sansa's favor because Sansa's not happy with her. She's, like... This is an invasion. The North should be free. We shouldn't have to deal with another queen. And they have a good long talk where they actually, like, find some good common ground for a little bit. And then Daenerys tries to ruin it by saying, so you'll bend the knee, right? And Sansa's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And so the tension is broken by Theon coming in, uh, showing that he just saved his sister and that they're all here. And, you know, saved by the bell, really, because now Sansa goes up and Joy's like, oh, thank you so much. You're here. Thank God. Oh, yeah, well, they are there, and then Tormund and Beric all show up, so now, basically, they have the entire uh, wildling army at their disposal, too, and Beric's Brotherhood Without Banners or whatever. So their forces are getting stronger. They're in, like, this, like, war room where they figure out the plan, and Bran says, well, what if I wait by the the big tree, because I know the Night King's going to come after me because I'm the new Three-Eyed Raven, and he wants to kill me for sure. Right, and so right now we think the Night King's, or we... (laughs) We know the Night King's motivation is to kill Bran because Bran is, like, culture, basically. Yeah. That he is Westeros history, like, he sees all. And the Night King wants to wipe out all culture and history because without history, there is no culture, which is like, okay. And basically the, so... the embodiment of death, and death means that nothing can live. Yes. And so then Theon volunteers himself to defend Bran. Yeah, you know, Theon, you're trying to get some brownie points after everything you've done, and uh, I respect it. Yep. And so... Everyone just decides that they're gonna they're gonna hunker down for the night and have some character development. Yep. Uh, some fun stuff that happens that night. Arya and Gendry are like, "Hey, we're two hot and heavy eighteen <laughs> year olds. Uh, we're cool now, so let's let's do it." Yeah. Uh, so they bang. But I also want to point out that Arya did visit the Hound first. So. Oh yeah. No, he just she was wanted to fuck the hound. That's it. <laughs> I know she didn't. Don't, do not perpetrate this lie. Uh, Arya and Gendry get it get it going. Uh, there's like a room full of like a weird collection of, of characters. There's like Tyrion, 
Davos, Brienne, Jamie, Podrick, Tormund, and like, and maybe Beric is there too. Mm. And they all just like hang out and drink together and tell stories. This is a good part of the show that may retroactively be ruined because of a thing that Jamie does later. But Jamie and like they're talking about like what it, uh, you know they call Brienne Lady Brienne and they talk about how you know she, maybe she wants to be a knight. And Jamie says, "Well, what? That's a stupid rule." And the the rules say that any knight can make another knight. And Jamie like formally knights Brienne, and she's known as Sir Brienne of Tarth. It's a really big moment for everybody, and Podrick sings a nice song. Yep. Oh, man. Podrick, he just slays every way, man. Podrick is perfect. Podrick had no character, no (laughs) arc. He had nothing to do for the entire series, and I still think he's one of the best characters. (laughs) How do we put Podrick on the throne? That's what the real challenge we need to get to. Um, So now we go to John and Danny in the crypts talking about, hey, like, how's your day going? And John's just like... Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Targaryen, too. I'm the uh, heir to the throne. Uh, not you. I, I don't want it, though. Please. Uh, <laughs> You're my queen. You're my queen. <laughs> and so Danny's like, whoa, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, uh, Sam and uh, Bran told me that I'm the king, but I don't want it. And she's like, hold on, hold on. Your, your best friend and your brother are telling you this. This is the only information you're getting this Which from. Which is a very fair point. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're right, but it's also a very fair point. Oh, if I was in Danny's spot, I would be very like, oh, okay, what are you playing here, Dan? Um, so now they are just like at this very tense moment. And then just like Theon, they get saved by the bell or saved by death. Saved by the the bells, as in the the bells. Don't bring up bells with Danny, man. (laughs) The the horn sound. I don't remember (laughs) what it is. So there's a noise that happens that alerts everybody that the army of the dead is here, and that's where the episode ends. Yes. Oh man. Uh, So before we get into the long night, first two episodes of Game of Thrones, not bad. Like they're again really setting up that table. Um, I mean, do I feel like it's fair to admit the first episode? is mostly one-liners. Mm-hmm. Like, go back to that episode, and it's, like, mostly, like, people setting up the punchline of, like, this is my character, my dragons eat whatever they want, and Drogon stares at Jon Snow, <laughs> and, like, and Sansa and Tyrion meet up, and it's like, remember when you were my wife? And she's like, I'm a lot stronger since then. And it's, you know. And then episode two does a lot better than that, where it's like, oh, wow, a lot of the character interactions, they're really trying to get each other's favor. And, like, it's really cool seeing them all meet up. And then for the last half of the episode, it's like, oh, what, what would you do if it was your last day on Earth, basically? Yeah, it's like, I'd ride, I'd get elephants, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, we can't afford the elephants. The CGI budget is too far down. Ah, rats. But, yeah, I would agree. First two episodes, pretty solid. Yeah, like, again, they're not going to be in the top five. They're setting up the table. Yeah. I'm annoyed. Uh, just get to the freaking dinner. But, you know, I'm like, Jan, just make your freaking food already. I'm waiting. <laughs> Um, so yeah, episode three now, The Long Night. Ooh, we're opening, and it's very cold, and there's a lot going on, and in the distance, a woman rides a horse, and everyone's like, what is that? We have all of our axes and stuff out ready to kill, and Davos realizes in the distance, like, oh, I know this woman, and it's Melisandre! Woo! Everyone just lets Melisandre into the gates, you know? Well, before she does that, she stops at the front lines of of the army, and with the Dothraki soldiers, and she just grabs a hold of one of their swords and gives a little Valyrian incantation, and all of their swords light on fire. She was just speaking some Kanye raps, you know, it was fire. Spitting oh. fire. <laughs> Boo. And yeah, and Davos is like, let her in, even though 
nobody should be trusting Melisandre at this point. Uh, I mean, at this point, I would trust her, too. If I have a Davos, because uh, I thought Davos was just going to go down and kill him at the first time I watched this. But, yeah, yeah so Davos is like, I'm going to go down and talk to you and be really mad. And Melisandre's just like, hey, I'm going to die at the end of the night. And he's like, ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, we just see the, the armies preparing. They're standing there. Grey Worm's out there. You know, Tormund and Beric are out there. Jamie's like everybody. Basically, everybody is at the ready. Uh, John and Danny are about to climb aboard their dragons, and sure enough, I mean, the Dothraki soldiers see the the enemy and they just charge like headfirst into the army. And it looks it's a really cool shot. It is cool, and uh, all their it's like Survivor, you know, all the, all torches, the torches get snuffed. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of Jeff Probst going like, all right, yeah. Travis Spoken, Travis Spoken, oh yeah. Do the show again, but every White Walker is played by Jeff Probst. <laughs> you know how there's, uh, every time the lightsabers hit, they're like, oh, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, it's yeah. like that, but it's like, Travis Spoken, Travis Spoken, Travis Spoken. <laughs> but yeah, so the Dothraki soldiers ride out, and one by one, all of their flames, the flame swords just get extinguished. Uh, they, a few of them ride back towards the gates. Uh, then, like, the Unsullied army is standing there, like, with their, po- their spears at the ready. The undead army charge at them and just, like, get stabbed. They get overrun, and so, yeah, the battle has begun. And Danny now, since all the Dothraki are dead, are like, John, we need to go help. We need to use our dragons. And they have this whole plan to draw out the Night King to attack Bran, and then they were going to use the dragons to attack. And John's like, no, you're my queen, but we need to wait. And Danny's like, no. And they both get on the dragons and start torching the uh, torching the dead. Which... They should have been doing the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, they're torching the dead, and some of the dead that make it through are still trying to attack, but luckily a lot of the uh, the guys now have dragon glass and Valyrian steel, and that's what's killing all the White Walkers, which is perfect, uh, but they're still not quite enough. They keep getting stabbed, and there's just too many White Walkers. So at a certain point, oh, uh, Ed, Ed, what is it, Ed, what's his name? John's second best friend Yeah, uh, gets killed in the fight. Sam's too scared. He can't fight off. And basically at that point, everyone's overrun by all the White Walkers. So it's like, get behind the gates. So they set up like their, their spears that are like the dragon glass. And they like try and light a torch, uh, light a, a moat of fire, basically, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And at that point, everyone's like, oh, they're getting stabbed. It's like, yeah, we've got them. We've got them surrounded. And then a bunch of White Walkers just decide they're just going to fall on top of the fire, <laughs> like sacrifice themselves and just like make a, like a, a White Walker bridge. And they do. Yeah. And so now they're overriding the, everything. Uh, people are going through the gates and we have this huge, giant sort of like Juan Juan come in and he sees Liana Mormont, the four year old. And she's like, ah. <laughs> she's 10. OK, the 10 year old. She's like, ah, and the giant salute just bitch slaps her off and I'm like yeah. whoa and I'm just gonna follow this through so now the giant's throwing shit around destroying stuff and Liana gets back up and she's like whoa and the giant picks her up and is about to eat her and she just shanks him in the eye yeah. and then Dragonglass Dragonglass of heaps it and that is probably, I'll be honest, I think that might be the coolest part of the whole season. And yeah, I probably agree with you that uh, this is probably the best death of this, this season at the yeah. very least that I can think of but uh, after that the whites are completely invading. Talk about colonization. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, so at that point, uh, after the whites have entered like Winterfell, and they're now like within the grounds and like within the castle walls, basically itself. Arya is trying to sneak through and figure out a way to like get through and rejoin the armies because she's been separated, and she gets this cool sequence where she evades all the White Walkers within like the library of Winterfell. Yeah, it's very like Walking Dead. Like if you're into mm-hmm. that, you get a quick five minute episode here. <laughs> 
in a very short one, and then she ends up meeting back up with uh, with Beric and the Hound and with Melisandre. Arya's like, I know you, and Melisandre's like, I know you too. Yeah, remember that prophecy? I said you'd kill someone with, I don't know. It was like brown eyes and green eyes, and then she pauses, and blue eyes. And then a light goes off up top of Arya's head, and she's like, oh, and she just runs off. So now we cut back to Danny and John are fighting, and then the Night King shows up. And, oh. oh! And so he has his own dragon too, and they start flying, throwing fireballs at each other. It's like whoa! John ends up. Uh, oh no, sorry. The Night King ends up falling down, and it's just Danny with Drogon facing the Night King, and so Danny just goes Jokaris, and then everything gets lit, and then literally it's like oh, we don't see what's happened to the Night King, and then the fire goes down, and the Night King just. Rises up again. He has like a smirk, and it's like, oh damn, that didn't work. Also, a pretty cool moment. It's like, cool, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they've killed uh, Viserion, like undead Viserion. The Night King is still alive, and as he tries to run down, I think John gets off his dragon at some yeah. point, and he's basically like, all right, bro, let's go. And so Night King turns. He's like, oh, this guy again. He like sort of like goes for his sword and then he the night king and he's like nah and re- raises the dead with you know and he's definitely like my hands are up right now being like what you gonna do and, <laughs> and then every single person who died outside the walls of winterfell rises up which means undead dothraki undead northmen undead uh wildlings undead uh, unsullied everyone is basically back up and now they're like surrounding Jon Snow and when he does that there's a there's a group of innocents hiding in the crypts of Winterfell oh my god <sighs> yeah this thing god damn it um, and when he does that he activates everybody who's dead within a certain mile radius which means every Stark that's ever died <laughs> now comes back to life within the crypts and starts killing the women and children yes and for whatever reason again this is a common complaint. Why would you put the women and children with a bunch of dead people? When the one big power you know <laughs> the White Walkers have is reanimating the dead. Ugh. Anyways, so yeah, everyone's being attacked there. Tyrion's there, Sansa, Missandei, and Varys is there. Yeah, every, basically everybody who can't really like fight in like a normal fight is down there. So they're yeah. scared, and Tyrion and Sansa have a moment where they just talk back and forth. They're like, hey, you know, we're still married, technically. Remember that? Yeah. And, I mean, they help lead the the, the people, like, the innocents out of the, the crypt, and they get everybody out, and they, you know, slam the door, but now they're, you know, within the danger. Jon is fighting off all the White Walkers. He gets back within the walls, but at that point, and then he's stuck because undead Viserion is now just in the, like, in the grounds of Winterfell, and he can't seem to get past him. Uh, the Night King and all of his people are now so basically surrounding Bran. Theon has done his best to fight off all the other White Walkers, but everybody that's been defending Bran just has died. And uh, we have this very big climactic music cues where it's just slowly picking up. It's like, I don't, I don't remember the beat, but it's picking yeah. up. And Jon is now facing the, uh, the ice dragon, and he just gets up and screams at the ice dragon. <laughs> and the white, the Night King walks up to Bran and just sort of like, what you going to do, man? What you going to do? You paralyzed. <laughs> and so we have a little briss in the wind, and one of the White Walkers turns, and Night King reaches out and grabs Arya that's just jumped at him. And it's like, oh, no, we didn't do it. Because she's, like, right about to stab him. She has the knife, like, right at his, at his face, and she can't do it. And he's like, no, no, no. And he's, like, ready to grab his sword. But then, in just a split-second decision, Arya drops her dagger and quickly picks it up with the other hand and just stabs him. Stabs him right in the heart. 
but you and, and she's too blamed. <laughs> and sure enough, she stabs him with a good with a good old Valyrian steel dagger, and the Night King goes down. And because of the rules that we've been told, is that whoever like fathered the whites before, uh, if they die, then the rest of the ones that they took on also die. Yep, and so everything's dead. Everything. Everybody Every, falls Everything apart. that was dead is now dead again. <laughs> what is dead stays dead, or whatever that is. Yep. No. Nope. Uh, and then, and including the dragon who's ready to kill John in a breath of fire. Uh, <clears throat> all the whites that have surrounded everyone, but it wasn't in enough time to stop them from uh, from killing Jorah, uh, mm. who was tra- defending Danny until the last moment. And yeah, so now we lost Jorah, and we just sort of end with everyone like looking at each other, being like, "Wow, what." What's going on? And Melisandre has served her purpose, so she just walks out into the snow, takes off her magical, like, choker or mm-hmm. something, and she just dies of old age as Davos watches. Yeah. I, I wonder what Davos was going through his head at that moment. Like, what? She, what? <laughs> I mean, nobody knew who she really was, and that just happened. So was there any point to that? I guess not. Uh, <laughs> and now her watch has ended. Yeah. That's the end of episode three, which is, you know, uh, just called The Long Night. Do you want to do any breakdown of that, or do you want to hop straight into four? Underwhelming episode, I would say. Like, during it, I really wanted to like it. Like, I, yeah. I, I jumped when the Night King dies. I was like, yeah, great, we did it. But the whole time, I was definitely like, there's something off, and I couldn't really figure it out till later. And it's more because, like, you know, we don't lose anyone really in this episode besides Jorah and Lyanna, who like oh, definitely Theon too, but like Oh yeah, Theon. Theon's probably the biggest name out of that group. And it's not like you your mileage varies with Theon. Well yeah, Theon's purpose had ended long ago. Yeah, like you literally have Sam crying and trying to shank things. Like, alright, come on, that guy's not gonna survive when tons of whites are going on you. And then same with Jamie and Brienne, Grey Worm, I thought was gone. Yeah. And the thing is, like, when we get into surgery, we're, I want to talk about was this person surviving uh, the long night? His story onward, was that worth it? Or should we have had him or her die at that point? Yeah. Because, you know, it's just like we have all these big things and all the other shows where, like, all right, Battle of the Bastards, we ended up losing one one yeah. <laughs> very side character but like ramsey dies at the end of that yeah. and the other stark the small one gets yeah. uh, arrowed down rick on yeah rick on rick on just like dick on yep and yeah i mean it to me i do think the episode is good overall like it's solid but again when you're looking at an event episode of game of thrones you don't want it to just be solid you really want it to be like up there which shouldn't necessarily factor into how you rate something but it was it was just fine I would rather watch, like, Battle of Blackwater, Battle Mm -hmm. of the Bastards, or uh, The Wall attack episodes. I thought those were a lot better. And it's still shot well. You know, it is dark. When I was re-watching this, I was like, man, my computer doesn't go any higher on brightness on this? Like, yikes. It it was a choice, and, like, I get why they did it, but it could have looked a lot better. Yeah, I just want to see what's going on. They put so much time and effort into it. I, I want to see what's happening. But... Oh, well, we move on. We move on to The Last of the Starks. Mm. And it starts with uh, everybody, like, they they burn these giant piles of bodies. I just can't imagine what Winterfell smells like. Oh, no. It was, it's, it's like it's do you bad. Do you ever lose that smell, or does it just smell like dead bodies for the rest of the time? I think it probably smelled overwhelmingly like dead bodies right away, and then it slowly left. 
But I bet it was still for a few weeks that the smell of dead bodies was still in the uh, air. See, that's why Danny just wanted to dip out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, everyone has put fire to these dead bodies, and now we're at a feast, and everyone's partying and stuff. And Well, they're not partying yet. Everybody's having, like, a sad feast. Okay, yeah. Like, they're prepared to have a good time, but, like, nobody's really talking. And it finally takes uh, Gendry going up to try and find Arya that Daenerys stands up and is like, You, are you Gendry? And the, the bastard son of Robert Baratheon, he's like, Yes. And she's like, Well, I'm legitimizing you. Your name is now Gendry. Gendry Baratheon, and you will have, uh, does he get River Run? Oh, Storm's End. Storm's End. Yeah, he, she gives him Storm's End, and at that point, everyone's got a little bit of energy left, so yeah. then people start, like, actually drinking and partying. And Jamie and Tyrion and Brienne are having a drinking game where they talk, tell stories about each other. John and Tormund have a bro-down where Tormund's like, this guy's riding a dragon. <laughs> I remember when I rode a dragon and drank milk from the breast of a giant. Yeesh. Yeah, and so they're all like, oh, mugs up, keep drinking and stuff. And Danny's just sort of like alone, maybe isolated by herself, drinking Starbucks, you know? <laughs> and she just realizes that people are calling John a king mm-hmm. and that she's like a little irked by that. Yeah. And so later on, we'll still go on with the feast, Brienne and Tyrion and Jamie are playing a drinking game of being like, oh, never have I ever, basically. Yeah. And they find out that Brienne is a virgin. And Tyrion, like, really is, like, wants to push on this, but Jamie's like, dude, mm-hmm. back off. And Tyrion's like, but why? And so this makes Brienne leave, and Jamie follows, and now Tormund's a little butthurt, because he's like, whoa, wait, where was the, where was the pretty woman that I liked? Yeah. But it's all right. Torn has, like, a three-way later. <laughs> exactly. It's good. And then uh, Gendry tries to find Arya to be like, hey, will you marry me so that we can be together forever because I love you? And Arya's like, no, that's not my arc. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep, that's basically what her feeling is. Yep. Oh, then, important thing, Daenerys and John have another talk, and Daenerys is like, hey, you can't tell anybody, like, about who you are. And John's like, no, no, you're my queen. I will totally keep it concealed from everybody except my family. And Daenerys is like, no, if you tell your sisters, they're going to tell other people. And he's like, but it's only honorable if I tell them. Fucking John. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. It's, there's things about, like, sticking to someone's character and, like, doing air quotes for that. Uh-huh. And just being stupid about it. Yeah. And the thing is, the Starks have a lot of the stupid things going on, too. Because, like, John does follow Ned a bit, where it's like, honor, honor over anything to a dangerous fault, mm-hmm. especially for Ned. And it's just like, dude, just make lie once in your life. You yeah. would have saved so many lives if you just decided to lie. Because, like, back in season seven when uh, he refuses to s- a lie to Cersei, mm-hmm. it's like, dude, all these guys from the North could have still been alive if we had some Cersei guys running around. Yes. And, it's, yeah. and there's stuff that makes sense character-wise and stuff that's just stupid. So we'll get back to there, but... Later that night, uh, Brienne and Jamie finally do the deed, Ooh. and they seem like they actually care about each other. And it's hard to tell the timeline, but it seems like the next like this episode takes place over a few weeks. Because then later on, there's a council uh, that Daenerys is like, "I want to go march on King's Landing right now," and everyone's like, "Chill out! Like everyone's tired. We just fought literal death." And she's like, "I want to go to King's Landing right now." And Jon's like, "She's my queen. We're going to King's Landing." Uh, yeah. So. To many's dismay, they all decide to go to King's Landing. And so now also Arya has decided to meet up with the Hound. Mm-hmm. And she's just going to kill Cersei with the Hound by themselves. You know, yeah. they're like, we don't need any of these guys' help. So they start making that journey over there. Well, right before that, that's John tells Arya right. and Sansa that he is 
the true heir to the Iron Throne. <sighs> and, uh, oh, and then Bronn also comes in and is like, I'm going to kill you, Tyrion and Jaime. And Tyrion's like, what if I give you Highgarden? And Bronn's like, okay. So that whole thing that just got set up in episode one doesn't matter anymore. They just have no clue what to do with Bronn. <laughs> yeah. So that happens. Arya goes with the Hound. Then Sansa and Tyrion have a moment where they're like, all right, I guess the armies are heading out. You're in charge of Winterfell for now. I'll see you later. And Sansa's like, what if Daenerys isn't the best choice for Queen? And she tells him, and then immediately Tyrion tells Varys. Yep, and, you know, yeah, the secret sort of spreads like wildfire. And, you know, everyone knows now. And we go to... Dragonstone? Yeah, they're going They're going there so that they can kind of... That's kind of like their home base because it's close to King's Landing, but it's not quite there, so they can kind of form a plan. So on, they're on their way there. But, uh-oh, Euron Greyjoy has figured out where they are. Euron Greyjoy sneaks upon a whole army fleet with two dragons. Like, man, that's pretty stealth right there. Yeah, he's he is the old... That's why he's the Pirate King. Oh, boo. I don't... Not only does he get to be the Pirate King, he is one of two people who kills a dragon. (laughs) The Night King and Euron Greyjoy get to kill a dragon. Yeesh, I didn't even... Think about that, but you're right. That's, oh a, that's an old, like, we can get into Euron later, because I have a whole thing about him. Uh, but yeah, Euron kills a dragon. They're able to, like, escape, but, like, Euron basically destroys Daenerys' entire water fleet. Like, she has basically no ships left. Everyone, like, hurries over to Dragonstone, and they're depleted. Tyrion is like, man, fuck this. Euron's captured Missandei. And so, yeah, everyone's, like, really bummed that Missandei's out now, especially Grey Worm. And they're like, what are we going to do? Like, this is not great. They eventually, like, set up a meeting at King's Landing. But before then, Varys fears that Danny's growing mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. And him and Tyrion have a back and forth where Varys really believes that Jon should be on the throne. But Tyrion's like, he doesn't want it and blah, blah, blah. And Varys is like, well, I'm, I'm thinking for the people of the realm. And he's, Tyrion's like, what is even the realm? And they don't even care about this man. <laughs> and Varys is like, no, they care. Like, you know, there's some people that will die if the wrong person's on the throne, which is, yeah, that's yes, very true. true. Um, and so Tyrion's like, this is treason or whatever. And Varys is like, don't think you haven't thought about it. And he's like, I always think about it, but, you know, I didn't do it. And so they sort of had to conclude with, like, all right, maybe Cersei will win and we'll all just die so we don't need to worry about this. Mm-hmm. And so now we're at King's Landing. We got some forces uh, of Danny outside the gate, and they have Missandei, like, be- being held prisoner in front of Cersei, Kyburn, and the mountain. And so, yeah, it's a standoff. Tyrion walks up, and Kyburn comes out, and it's basically like Kyburn's like, oh... Cersei's my queen, and we need uh, her reign isn't over. It's just begun. And then Tyrion's like, "Fuck off!" And he just <laughs> walks past him, and he's trying to plead with Cersei, being like, "You have a son. Like it's coming up and stuff." Also, Cersei has told Euron that you he he is the father. Yeah, I feel like Euron should be like, "Wait, I was told that ten minutes ago." <laughs> and how does Tyrion know about my? Yeah, son? another character thing that could have happened. There was more time, so. Tyrion tries to plead with, with Cersei. Be like, you, you can't do this. We've got a dragon. You're going to lose. Just look at your humanity. Do you want to die? Do you want your baby to die? And Cersei and her hubris is like, no, and orders the mountain to kill Missandei. 
We got a classic Ned Stark, and uh, nothing to get ahead of you, but people uh, are bummed about it. Yep, so both Daenerys and Grey Worm are basically like, at their end, they're like, you know what, fuck this, we hate everyone now. And uh, just before this, uh, just to, to cap it off, because I'm in an episode full of stupid decisions, Jamie leaves Brienne to go back with Cersei. And she le- he leaves Brienne brokenhearted and... Uh, Quick thing, I just did not want those two to hook up. They were uh, the opposite of a uh, Rachel and Ross. And I, I did for the sake of the fact that, like, I felt like Jamie was a good enough person at this point that he, you know, the two of them were good people and deserved each other. But now I'm disappointed because Jamie, it's not even, he doesn't even get a scene. He gets a moment within a scene where he just, you get a close-up on his face, and then he's outside, and it's like, what do you mean? And he tells Brienne that he's bad guy and that he deserves to go back and be with Cersei. And everything that we've learned about him over the last, like, six seasons is like, no, you're a good guy. You, uh. Yeah. I mean, Jamie was one of my favorite characters yes. um, until he raped Cersei. Yeah, that's and then, a bad thing. You know, it's <laughs> that's a bad thing. Yeah. I know that's not what they intended on the show or whatever, but, you know, that's how it yeah. came off. Because, yeah, the, the intention was to be, like, they're in grief and then they do it. But uh, well, they do it on Joffrey's, on Joffrey's grave. grave, which and it's and it seems like Cersei keeps saying no because she does keep saying no. There's a problem with these showrunners and certain things. <laughs> uh, David and Dan, you are very good writers in many many respects, and I respect the work that you did for most of the show. There are a few moments where you've got some problematic stuff. <laughs> just gonna say that right there. Uh, all right. Well, let's just go to episode five. The bells trigger warning for Danny. Um, we are opening, and Varys is writing really hard. He's like, oh, something about heritage and true ruler, and we just don't know what happened is going on. And the doors swing open, and it's a child. And Varys is like, oh, what's going on, child? And she's like, I have poisoned the food, but she won't eat it. And he's like, rats. And she, the child is like, oh, I think they, they know about me. They, they know what I'm doing. And Varys is like, of course they do. We're trying to murder the queen. That's the... <laughs> Their whole job is to protect the queen. And he's like, try try again later. And so he continues to write. And I'm just like, man, I really hope this writing comes into play eventually in this season. And John... John shows up at Dragonstone. Varys comes out and is like, hi, I know who you are. Please be king. And John's like, she's my queen. <laughs> and that's basically the gist of that. Tyrion goes to Daenerys and says, hey, so Varys is trying to betray you. And Daenerys is like, yeah, I know. And she's and he's like, well, maybe you don't have to kill him. And she's like, no, I'm going to kill him. And sure enough, later that night, Grey Worm and the soldiers come in, grab Varys, take him outside. And she has he, Varys has last words with Tyrion. And they're both like, we both had similar intellects. We were both on the same side until we weren't. And they're like, you know, I love you despite our differences. And he's like, I love you despite our differences. And Daenerys is like Dracarys. And there we go on Varys. He's dead. It's a yep. a moment. Uh, but <laughs> off screen, uh, Daenerys's men have captured Jaime, who's run, who's like made good time yeah. in coming to King's Landing, uh, and they've captured him. But then Tyrion's like, I don't want him to be captured. And in a weird moment, Tyrion goes to Jaime where he's captured, frees him, and says, "Hey, you should take Cersei below the catacombs to where this is. There'll be a rowboat waiting for you, and you and Cersei should leave." Cool. So Jamie's just like, yeah, I'll try that out. Oh, and then he also tells Jamie, hey, make sure uh, Cersei rings the bells, 
you know, our surrender bells that we installed, surrender <laughs> bells for when we surrender. And he's like, all right, yeah, I, I'll do that. And so... And so now we go to King's Landing? Yeah, now we're at King's Landing where uh, Daenerys's men have started approaching. There's basically like a siege where they're just surrounding the area. Uh, before they've closed the gates, uh, Jamie has made his way in. Arya and the Hound have somehow made their way into King's Landing. And so they're all trying to get to the front of the... Is it the keep or where are they going to? Uh, yeah, and basically Cersei has like is try is pretending to show mercy on everybody by opening up the red keep, which is where she lives, to bring all the the innocents in. But she's mostly using them as human shields so that if Daenerys does show up and starts killing people, she could be like, "Look, Daenerys is not your true queen. She only wants to kill everybody." But and there's still more people like scattered throughout King's Landing, but she's let a lot of people into the red keep. Right. And basically, Daenerys's armies start storming King's Landing. They're fighting off the armies, uh, the Golden Army, and like the, just the regular Lannister army. Meanwhile, the ships that Euron has, Daenerys, <laughs> is uh, somehow like snuck up on Euron, the Pirate King. He, she uses the sun, you know, it goes up and blinds them. And as Dro- Drogon's going down, he's burning everything. And, you know, Euron and his crew just forget how to use scorpion weapons again. Yep. And so... The fleet's basically done in, like, less than a minute. And so Cersei's just like, oh, damn, that didn't go to plan. And so, yeah, everyone is uh, now... The Golden Company is having a showdown with uh, the Dothraki and the Unsullied. And then just out of nowhere from behind, the walls just explode. And the wreckage goes all over the Golden Compass. And Drogon has destroyed some of the wall. And the Unsullied go and run and kill everyone left. And now they've entered the King's Landing. And at that point, like, when it seems like it's evenly matched now, all the Unsullied, all the Dothraki, the Northmen, everybody's just coming in. They're actually doing a pretty good work taking down the Golden Company. Uh, Drogon's still making good work of the wall so that they can get in. He's killing off the people that they need to. And basically at that point, there's a standoff between Jon Snow's men and the Golden Company and the Lannister army. And clearly at this point, because of the dragon and because of the numbers... The Golden Company and the Lannister Army are outnumbered. And sure enough, the head of the Lannister Army drops his sword, which means everybody else starts dropping their swords, and they're all giving up. And it seems like it's actually given up pretty pretty easily, and everyone's yelling, ring the bells, ring the bells, and Cersei is not ordering for them to ring the bells. Mm-mm. And nothing's happening. Everyone's standing there and wait. And finally, some, some random person, probably some, you know, good soldier. It's probably Aaron Rodgers, you know? <laughs> uh, decides to ring the bells... And sure enough, the bells go off, and everyone's like, that means that they've surrendered. Cersei looks off. She's like, I didn't want them to ring the bells. Dumb. And Daenerys, like, looks looks out and sees that, you know, victory is at hand. Grey Worm looks at her, and he's not happy because he is still very pissed at everything that happened with Missandei. Mm -hmm. Daenerys looks towards the Red Keep and sees this monument to her family that was built and that Cersei has taken over. The bells keep ringing and ringing in her ear. And Daenerys... <sighs> Daenerys starts laying waste to the entirety of King's Landing. Literally everybody. The army, the families, children, every part of King's Landing, she just starts destroying and killing everybody in her path. Everything and was great until the Fire Nation attacked. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I'm allergic to horrible things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Daenerys... Like, not in her strategy to go to the Red Keep to defeat Cersei. She just starts lighting up King's Landing on her way to the Red Keep. Yep. And 
Grey Worm and the rest of the armies look at that and see, oh, Daenerys wants us to just ransack the place in. Without question, Grey Worm takes his spear, stabs the Lannister general, and they just go ape shit on everybody. And so there's just death left and right uh, going around, and we cut to Arya and the Hound uh, going up, and the Hound just turns to Arya and is like, hey, I I know we've made this huge journey together, but you need to stop now because revenge is bad, and you don't want to have revenge for the rest of your life like me. And Arya's like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I did go months on the, or weeks on this adventure with you just to go to King's Landing. And right here, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm good. Yeah. And so she leaves. Yep. And so now the hound is going up to find Cersei, the mountain, and Cryburn, who are both like, all right, it's not safe here anymore. We need to go. Yeah, because at this point, Daenerys has made her way to the Red Keep and is like destroying parts of it. So the mountain, Kyber and Cersei start walking down the stairs while the hound meets up with them, and he's just like, I'm not here for any of you except the mountain. And then Kyburn tries to be like, be reasonable. And he talks to the mountain, he's like, uh, mountain, sir, please don't get into a fight. We need to defend the queen. Protect your queen. And then literally the mountain just grabs Kyburn's head, smashes it, and then just throws it off to the side. Which is arguably my favorite death of the season. Oh, yeah. It's so just like, fuck you. Because nobody's cared about Kyber in this entire time. Exactly. That guy's just happy he's getting paid. Yeah, <laughs> he's so happy to be here. Basically, then the mountain and the hound just look at each other, and Cersei just like... Yep, he's like, all right, I'm doing the mess slow walk behind you guys. And so they just have a showdown, and then they pull each other's swords, and they start fighting. It's, it's. I mean, well, let's just do all Clegane okay. now. It's like... It's the thing that people have been waiting for, like, from season one, basically. Like, the Hound in the Mountain fighting it out, brother versus brother. They're going at each other, they're stabbing each other, they're throwing each other against walls. And finally, the Hound just looks at the Mountain, stabs him, like, in the head, and he will not die. Yeah, like, the Hound is winning this fight. Like, he is way better. And it's just because the Mountain is a unstoppable zombie. Yes. That, you know, he's getting the better of him. And... The Hound at one point is just like, you know, I've tried so hard. You know, Mentally, I can read his thoughts. Yeah. This is what he's thinking. He's like, I've tried so hard. Like, F it. And he just freaking runs and tackles his brother. They break through brick. <laughs> and they fall down into this fiery pit of fire. And then they're both dead. And that's the end of Clegane Bull. Yep. Meanwhile, there's a more important bull happening, which is Jamie finds the secret entrance. And as he finds the secret entrance... You're on Greyjoy. Just washes up on shore, and he's like, "Hold on, there! I want to be the man that killed Jaime Lannister." And then they have a fight to the death, and it's a it's a solid fight. But I wish it wasn't Euron. Yeah, literally. I mean, I get it thematically. Like, all right, these are the two lovers of the queen, and ah, blah blah blah. But they've maybe shared like one, maybe two scenes together, right? At the end of seven. I mean, they did talk about that. Like, Euron has like really wanted to like kill Jamie for the longest time, and like they're at this point, and finally they're they've stabbed each other a couple times. And Jamie's like bleeding out. Yeah, and like multiple spots. It's not just one yeah. shank. He's been shanked like, multiple times. Euron got him good, and then at the very last second, Jamie's able to just impale Euron, leave him dying on the rocks. Yep. He's like a gusher, you know? He's just yeah. pushing, everything's falling out in one area. Like the, the weird part is, Euron got like the most important death of the episode. Because, like, really think about like the moments that they focused on them. Because Euron stabbed him. Or like, Jamie stabbed him and left him there, and then we stay on Euron, and we see him, and he's like, 
ha ha, I'm laughing, and we get a, like a god shot above him, and it's like, I'm the man that killed Jamie Lannister, and we hold on him, and then we move inside. Yeah, I mean, I guess he does have the and longest I, death, because everything else is just and, like, all right, uh, freaking that dude from the Golden Compass gets ran over, Cougane Bowl just ends in fire. And, and I mean, spoiler for a moment, yeah. later that Jamie and Cersei are crushed by a roof. And, like, they have kind of a moment together, but really, Euron gets the hero's death in the episode, <laughs> which I think the showrunners really liked Euron. I don't know why. Okay, we'll get but, to that in a second. Well, or, let's move on to Jamie and Cersei, because yep. we're here now. Yep. Jamie and Cersei meet up at, at, like, that map place, like, where a couple seasons ago, Cersei decided to paint all the Westeros on the floor. And they just really love playing realistic uh Risk, you know, yes. they have all these big characters and stuff. Yeah, the two of them get together, and Jamie's like, I have a boat, we can leave, we can get out of here. And they go down to like the dragon pit catacombs, and they're getting out, and sure enough, the, en- the exit is blocked. Rip. And so they're just looking at each other, and Jamie's like, Look at me, look at me, there's nobody else in the world, it's just us. And I hand in it. And the roof caves in on the two of them. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. That, that's what happens, you know? Um, Notice we've talked more about Jamie in this episode than Cersei, even though Cersei is the big bad of the entire series. Well, I mean, talking about Jamie more than Cersei, this whole a recap, we've mentioned yeah. her once or twice, maybe. And she's the and, big bad of the whole series. Yeah. Like, it's insane. It, it could have been done better. So, which is why we're here. Which is why we're here. And basically... I think the last thing we really need to get to, the last couple of things, is that John decides that he actually starts fighting off some of his own soldiers because he doesn't like what they're doing. That yeah, they're... the winter guys just decide to commit war crimes and trying to rape people. Yeah, and so he kills, like, one of his own. He looks towards Davos, and the two of them realize, oh, we've made a, a horrible mistake in who we've decided to side with. Yeah, and uh, so they just put their swords away and walk away and Grey Worm looks at them and he's like these traitors like in his head I can read thoughts and then we have a a decent uh, sequence where Arya is trying to escape King's Landing and we see her going from the Red Keep and trying to make her way to the outer walls she makes friends along the way and they keep running and running and trying to get out of there and you see the dragon flying ahead and killing a bunch of people and Arya finally makes her way out but she's lost basically everybody that she's collected along the way she comes in, in contact with a white horse, Ooh. and they have a very long moment together, and she gets on the horse, and she starts riding away. Oh, man. What uh, what a, what an episode. And that's the episode. You know, should we just go to the last one and just power through? All right. The moment everyone's been waiting for for over eight years, we finally get to the final episode of Game of Thrones, titled The Iron Throne. <sighs> okay. So, we open on King's Landing... Completely destroyed. Tyrion walks through the rubble, and he's not happy. Yep, that, that's a common theme of this whole episode, is being unhappy and long walking shots. Yeah. Tyrion's like, I'm gonna go try and find my brother and sister. He goes, he does go into the Red Keep, where they are. He pulls the bricks off, and he sees them just like... Super dead down there. Yeah, they. Uh, someone on Reddit put, pointed this out that the keep is still like intact mostly. It's just that one area got destroyed with bricks. It's like, oh, if you had moved five feet away, you would have been fine. I mean, technically, the whole thing did crash down, but like, I'm sure production design wise, they were like, we can't like have the entire thing. Oh yeah, I, I get why. I get why. Yeah. It's just it's funny. It's just, a, it's just a bad detail for them to leave out. And uh, John is wandering through the rubble too, and he's pissed, and he. 
he sees Grey Worm standing with like six, like the only six Lannister soldiers left. Yeah. And Grey Worm's like, all right, they've committed treason against the queen. And John's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There are six guys. Can we please just not do this? And he's like, my queen ordered it. And John's like, you know what? I'm going to have a word with the queen. But then he realizes he can't. He either has to stop Grey Worm from doing what he's doing or he has to go talk to Daenerys. And he lets Grey Worm go to go talk to Daenerys. Yep. And so Grey Worm just starts executing Lannister uh, soldiers. Yes. And I don't know what Jon does because he's still walking around King's Landing. And he doesn't then, go talk to Daenerys. And then by the time he does get to her, Grey Worm's already up there with her. So he had time to kill those soldiers and find her. Yep. And she lands uh, at the at the steps on her dragon. And the dragon flies away at the same time she's walking forward. Do you get it? The dragon wings are on her shortles because she's a dragon. Do you get it? Do it was you get a, it? it was a cool shot. It's a it great a cool shot, shot, but it's hammered over the head. We oh, know who she is. Yeah, all right. She's the dragon all queen. Right. <laughs> so basically in that moment, John starts walking up the steps to be next to her. And at the same time, Daenerys like speaks to the soldiers that have, that have done this great battle for her. And it's like, we've won this battle. And it's like, oh, great, so you're going to rule the kingdom. And she's like, but the war's not over yet. We need to keep fighting because every city, every country within this place is under attack and we need to liberate them. And I'm like, Danny, no. No. Danny, no. What are those, Danny? Because <laughs> I do genuinely believe that if Danny had not tried to do this, that maybe things could have been better. This could have been a very dark spot in her reign, but maybe she could have gotten better. She should have just blamed Drogon on it. Like, hey, she, he went wild. He killed everyone. That wasn't me. I'm making sure he doesn't get fed for right. two weeks. That's I'm right. wagging my finger at Drogon. But no. Um, so she's doing this huge riling speech where all the Dothraki and Unsullied are really into it. And Tyrion just starts walking up behind her. And I honestly thought at first that he was about to stab her. But he just goes up to her, grabs the king, uh, the... The hand of the queen. The hand of the queen. And he's like, chucks it down. He's like, I don't want this anymore. And everyone's just like, damn. And so Danny's like, Grey Worm, arrest him. And he does. And they take him over. And so Arya's been watching this whole thing next to Jon. And she's just like, hey, Jon, like, I don't like her. Like, she's gone nuts like John. I know a killer when I see one. You think Arya? Yeah. She just murdered like thousands of people. I think she might be a murderer. It's also crazy how in denial John still is. He's my queen, she's my queen. She's my queen. But yeah, she Arya tells him that she that she's a murderer. John then goes to visit Tyrion and is like, what ha- what do I do? And Tyrion's like you gotta probably kill her. Yeah. He's, he's like, I was wrong and I need to, we need to own up to everything that both you and I were wrong. We did the wrong thing. This shouldn't be happening. You may not be the king after this, but like, she should not be the one on the Iron Throne. And John's like, she's my queen. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and Tyrion's like, you do what you're gonna do. And John leaves and goes to the throne room, which is now a throne room with a sunroof. Yeah, and it's just like how Danny foresaw it earlier on in the show. That was season, the season finale of season one. Oh, like really? That, that was part of her vision, is where she saw the Iron Throne, and it was just, like, snowing, like, in there. And um, was, we thought it was snow. Well, uh, it, it wasn't snow. It was the ashes of the people she burned alive. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so she is touching the Iron Throne, and she's like, it's finally mine, we're finally here, and she... John walks up to her, and they have a moment together where Daenerys is just like, if you just don't tell anybody who you are, we can do this. We can be together. We can rule as king and queen together, and everything will be all right. 
And sure enough, one of his final words to Daenerys is, You'll always be my queen. Shank. He stabs her. <laughs> and in the quickest death the show's ever had, Daenerys just dies. Also, it's like sort of over the top, too. Her, her nose starts bleeding, and her mouth starts bleeding, and it's just like... She, he's holding her like Romeo and Juliet, which I'm sure there's something there, but it looks off, you know? It's off also because she died so quickly and like this like shitty dramatic stuff happens and like yeah, he lays her down and then Drogon shows up <laughs> and like a sad puppy, he starts like poking her body, being like, mom, <laughs> mom, and then a fit of rage. It, it looks like he's about to just destroy John, and he just, like, lights up the Iron Throne and melts it. Just melts the entire Iron Throne. Yep, and it's lit. Which thematically is great. Uh, would I have liked some other reason for him to have burned it, perhaps? Yeah. But then he grabs Daenerys's body and just flies away. I love all the people saying, like, oh, yeah, he's trying to help John get away with the murder. <laughs> he's he's going <laughs> to dig his own grave. Let's be completely honest. Drogon probably ate Danny, right? Drogon probably ate Danny. <laughs> like, that's probably what happens, that he took her away, like, probably to Essos, and then in a moment of, like, grieving, he's like, this is what you do with Targaryen fallen. The dragon gets to eat them, because they should be sustenance for the future battle. Hmm. Is that an actual thing, or you I just make it up? I don't know, I'm just assuming that's okay. what it is. Okay, yeah, that's canon now. But yeah, so now John has killed her, and we fast-forward, like, a few days, a few weeks, maybe, and Tyrion is basically put to trial with who, like, the highest lords in all of Westeros, for so, which is the Starks, which makes sense, mm-hmm. the Greyjoys, which makes sense. And then for some reason, Sam is there <laughs> with representing the Tarleys, and uh, the Tullys are there, and, like, a couple of, oh, Robin Aaron yeah. and Bale is there. Uh, some, some weird choices. Yeah, um, it's a crew, it's something, and so they just sort of discuss what should happen next, like, um, well, who should be king or queen, who's yeah. the most noble, who takes it, and... <laughs> well, the best part is that Enmir Tully just stands up and he's like, I have lots of political experience, and Sansa just pipes up and just like, sit down, uncle, and then Sam chimes in, and he's like, well, what if we set up a system where the people decide on who the ruler of the people is, wouldn't that be great if everybody got a vote? <laughs> everybody laughs at him. <laughs> he tries to set up democracy and everybody laughs at him. All right, to be fair, the these citizens are probably not the brightest. They could probably be easily manipulated into They're something. Not, but I they could see some... really wanted democracy to be the true heir to the Iron Throne. I don't know. Some of these guys in Westeros, they see a couple of Facebook ads and believe whatever they see, oh, you know? No. So anyways, <laughs> they would... we move on, and Tyrion keeps trying to talk, and Grey Worm's like, shut up, prisoner. And then at some point, Tyrion just starts talking, and nobody lets him stop. Because this is supposed to be this is supposed to be like a trial for Tyrion, and then they start talking about who should rule the Seven Kingdoms, and they give Tyrion like a solid like two minutes. Yeah, and he's talking about stories and who is the most deserving, and he's talking, and you're like, all right, yeah, here we go to Sansa. Yeah. Nope. Who he's does like, he say? Who has the best story in all of Westeros? And we see the camera pan, and it pans to the Starks, and I'm like, all right, keep panning. And then it stops at a certain point. I'm like, no, 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 keep moving. No, no, Sansa's over there. <laughs> and it stops, and he and Tyrion's like, Bran. And everyone collectively was like, what? what? <laughs> and they're like, he he is the keeper of all the stories within 
within all of Westeros. And besides that, who better than the the boy who was broken, who grew to be so much more than everything else, which thematically I get. I get the idea behind it. And then Tyrion's like, would you accept this position? And Bran's like, why do you think I came all the way here? Which... Bullshit. Yeah, that oh my God. that goes into a lot that we'll be talking about because what I I, I I I'm using this to confirm that he can see the future, right? Yes, basically, and like then unanimously everyone votes for Bran to be king. And there's a funny moment where Davos is like, uh, I I don't know if I get a vote, uh, but I and uh, yeah, I guess the vote counted. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, I, that happens. And then Bran the Broken, first of his name, is now King of the Seven Realms. But at the very last second, after they've turned Bran into king, they're like, by the way, the North is a free country now. Oh, my God. And so Sansa becomes Queen of the North. Well, I want to know what all the other kingdoms thought about that, you know? Where they elect their own person to be king of all the other realms, but then they get to be independent. Yeah. And, I mean, this is a big problem with the whole thing, is the show was so political, mm-hmm. and now the North just declares freedom, like, independence. Mm-hmm. Also, it's not like Sansa's like, oh, I don't know if the people in Winterfell are going to go for with a Stark on the throne. Like, it's Bran, I can't do that. You know, I'm queen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, that happens. Yeah, Grey Worm is just like, all right, uh, I, I guess... Tyrion is the hand of the king now again, but we still need to talk about Jon. And so uh, Grey Worm's just thrown a real hissy fit for, you know, understandable reasons. Jon did kill his queen. And they all decide that what Jon really needs to do is go to the Night's Watch. Yep. Even though it makes no sense the the Night's Watch. They do explain it within the show that Mm. they're not using it to defend the wall. That's literally just summer cramp for prisoners. Like, where they're not bad enough to go to jail, but they're not good enough to stay in society. I Again, a thing I will defend because they do explain it. There's no reason to have the Night's Watch. I do agree with that, but they do at least explain it. So, uh, John is sentenced to the Night Watch, and as he's about to leave, he meets back up with his siblings, and Sansa's like, I'm ready to rule the North, and then he's like, hey, Arya, what are you up to? Because <laughs> everyone's like, oh yeah, Arya didn't do the thing that she set out to do, and she's like, you know what I'm going to do? No one's ever sailed west of Westeros, Mm. because that's a thing she's always wanted to do. She's actually mentioned that. I'm actually okay with Arya deciding to go to the west. I um, guess. Because I feel like it's one of those things where... uh, We'll talk about it later. Let's finish this episode. So then he goes to Bran and is like, you've come so far. And he's like, yeah, I have. And then Jon goes to the Night's Watch. Grey Worm and all the Unsullied sail off for that place that he and... uh, Missandei really wanted to go to. Missandei. Missandei. Yeah, so they sail off to do that, which don't know really what's going to happen because it's just going to be an island full of men who can't bear children. So in like 40 years, that island's going to be empty again. Ah, there we go. (laughs) Yep, so that happens. Uh, Then Tyrion calls together the small council, which includes himself, Davos, Sam, Bronn, and Brienne. (laughs) And so Bronn is also the keeper of the bank, and he is the head of the uh, High Garden. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about bringing back the brothels and stuff. This was my favorite moment of the whole season: is when uh, Bronn doesn't say something correctly or like uses improper grammar, yeah. and Davos corrects it. 
because Davos has a character arc because uh, the Stannis' kid was teaching Davos yeah, how to read. read. And he just corrected Braun. I'm, I'm oh, glad Davos go, didn't die because of that, man. That <laughs> yeah. that was great. Yeah. Um, but then the small council's there. King Bran shows up, and they're like, "Hello, we have to deal with this thing about Drogon." And Bran's like, "Oh, I'll go find Drogon." And then he just leaves. Yeah, was he warging into it, or I is he thinks that that's what they were trying to insinuate is that he's going to warg into Drogon and figure out where he's at? Which, <laughs> you know, I think for the for their sake, they should just leave him alone because. Nobody wants to see a dragon in this land ever again. I feel like, well, yes, but they need to do something. That's like having a random nuke running around. Like, yeah, true. Like, blow at any time. Bran goes to do, or not Bran, Bran goes to do that, and then the small council talks, and, you know, it's supposed to be a sweet moment, and then we cut to the final sequence of the show where we see the three main Starks all on their respective journeys. Arya's getting on a ship ready to sail for west of Westeros. Sansa's being crowned Queen of the North. And John is going back up to the Night's Watch where he meets back up with Tormund and the Free Folk. And he freaking finally pets Ghost, oh, the dog. Thank God, man. They, they were building that up for eight seasons for just for him to pet Ghost. Yep, I'm, I'm glad it happened. Glad it happened. So yes. Tormund, John, and the rest, rest of the Free Folk decide to go more north of the Wall. And we end it with a little shot of grass coming above the snow. Not not actually, <laughs> yeah, but, but that, I mean, that is in it. Um, I mean, the final shot is after John and the Wildlings have walked into the forest. We, you know, go to black. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, to me, to be fair, at least for that last moment, it does make sense that, like, all right, everybody's going to go north and no one has to worry about the imminent threat of death ever again because now they can go settle any part of the north that they want. Yeah, that's fair. And so that is Game of Thrones season eight. Wow. Oh my god. Wow, what a what a ride that it's, was. What I realized going through it is that remembering some of the individual pieces I really liked. Uh-huh. But then once you start putting some of the parts together that were set up earlier, it just it just falls apart, man. I agree. It, it it's 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 not great. And what I, uh <laughs> I, what I heard someone describe it as is a puzzle, but it's made up of the wrong pieces. Okay. So you get the final picture, and like it, it is the correct picture, but it just is put together so wrong and so wonky that like you don't even really like looking at it. That's fair. This season has problems, lots yeah. of problems, and not the most disappointing finale ever. I would say I can't think of anything on the top of my head, but Honestly, there's for me, it's the most disappointing finale I've ever seen because I for finales that people don't like. Things like Lost and things like How I Met Your Mother. Uh-huh. I actually do like both of those endings. Are they the best endings that they could have done for both of those shows? No. Definitely not. Yeah. But for what they were doing, I do get it and I respect it. It's just this one had so many opportunities to be better and to do more and to not do the things that it did that it just is a little, it's just, yeah, it's just disappointing. Yeah, it's disappointing. But the thing is, like, at the end, I just stopped caring and that's, like, the worst thing you could ever do. Honestly, I think the worst finale that I'm thinking about it is Dexter. Oh, I never saw Dexter, but okay. I know about the ending of Dexter. Yep, yep. And that, it sounds like for what they were building up to, that is the worst ending of all time. Yeah, that, I would put How I Met Your Mother up there, too. I know what you're saying, that yeah. there's... Oh, like, I'm one or, in the minority, and I totally think that people are mostly right. Uh-huh. I just have a specific philosophy that I lead. And How I Met Your Mother, the way that it ends kind of fits into that. And I didn't mind what they did about spoilers for How I Met Your Mother. I didn't care that they, like, killed off the mother because it felt like it was part of the story. Like, I felt like it was 
it was it was part of the journey, and I didn't mind it. Okay. But I totally get why people are against it, and I will never take that away from anybody. Okay. It's the same way that some people, you know, really like Last Jedi and just can't Oof. stand what it did to the Star Wars franchise. Oh my god, hot hot takes, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just bummed. I'm bummed. I yeah. was so excited. I thought this was going to be a surefire dunk. I, I was hoping for a Breaking Bad finale, and it just seemed like it was. It, there was no way to mess it up. Like, mm-hmm. It seemed like it should have been an easy thing to like. Game of Thrones is not easy. Sorry, that should not be a thing to say that if you do the show, it should have been easy. But the way if it was almost on autopilot, it felt like it would have gone to a conclusion. Even if it wasn't the best episode ever, people would have been happy about it. Yeah. <sighs> well. Is it time? Yep. It's that final moment. We are uh, trying to revive the dead here, trying to be some White Walkers, bring it back up. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some surgery, man. All right. I don't have a lot for episodes one and two, so you go first. Um, honestly, if we're going to talk about episodes one and two, what are we doing with Braun? Like oh, Braun? Uh, I mean, because the thing is, I feel like the writers were just like, ah, oh, shit, we don't have anything to do with this guy. Nothing. I think we don't we don't do those scenes. No, we don't yeah. do we don't do the scene with Cersei, and we don't do the scene where he comes in and is promised uh, Highgarden or whichever thing he got. Uh-huh. Uh, instead, we don't have him. And then at the very end, like in the final ep- in this in the series finale, Bronn just shows up and is the ha- the master of coin, and that's a hilarious like ending for him. No, we need to do I something don't know. with Bronn him. Is, Bronn is unnecessary. Bronn has never had an arc. Bronn has never needed anything. And I believe, I truly believe that his arc ended when he saved Jamie from drowning. And I don't, I really, we don't need him for anything else. He he walked out of uh, the, you know, the council at the end of season seven. He's like, man, fuck this. I'm going to go somewhere else. And I think that's a fine way to end it for him there. And then just bring him back for a cameo at the end. If you have another idea, that's cool. But that's what I want to do with him. I do think in hindsight, better to kill him off uh, when he's saving, J- saving Jamie in season seven. Mm-hmm. I I don't really have an idea. I want him to be more involved with Thir- Cersei, but do you know about Cersei and oh, yeah, Bronze? They, co- they dated, and then this? they had such a bad breakup. The actors, the yeah. actors. Not yeah, the, the, the actors dated, and then they had such a bad breakup. Like it was such with such ill will that they they literally can't do scenes together. So like the scene of them where she hands him the crossbow was like their first scene together. Well, no, the Kyburns there giving it to him. I thought she was there, too. No, no. Kyburn's like, hey, Bronn, I need you to do something. Here's a crossbow and runs off. And my favorite part of... I didn't know this till season seven where they are running around in the uh, one thing where all the people are coming together. Uh, the season finale where like everybody's like in yeah, the same room. Yeah, Because at that point, Bronn's just like, hey, Podrick, let's go get a beer. And they walk out and then Cersei comes in. Um, but with him for this season, I want him to do something with Cersei, like sort of playing out the battlefields maybe, and then him realizing like, okay, yeah, I want to know the battles, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Danny and company comes down and he just walks out and he's like, all right, here are the plans. Uh, <laughs> before I give you the plans, I want Highgarden and blah, blah, blah. And then at that point, they're like, sure, of course. He's like, all right, and I'm going to go run away now. And I feel like at that point, it's very in character with him because it's like, yeah, Bronn would just be like, I know we're going to lose. Uh, here are the plans. Give me mm-hmm. my stuff and I'm going to run away now. I feel like that's something better, at least. That's fair. I mean, I'm not against it. I don't think it's like solid. This needs, this will fix everything. But I want him to do something in this season, you know? Do you think if we're going to set up Danny being crazy and stuff, should I feel like in episode one when 
Sam finds out that his family has died, she just needs like Sam to be like, all right, yeah, your your parents didn't bend the knee, but you need to bend the knee right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, sure. And he does it. But like at that point, Sir Jorah's with her and he'd be like, that was very unnecessary. Why did you do that? And yeah. sort of we see a bit more of the power hungry thing. But a lot of this stuff is like we're probably going to connect back to Danny be getting to be crazy because she's not crazy at all until she's episode four. Yeah, basically. Like, like it's she, not hinted at or anything. Yeah, or she's foreshadowed, sorry, but she doesn't do anything that's yeah, like that. She, she has a lot of trauma and like stuff that you could totally see happening, but she never fully does anything crazy or like Mad Queen-esque. There are things that are like her pride coming through and certain things that are like her her lack of like you know battle skills and other things sometimes that make her do some things but it's never because she's just out of her mind right so if there's if something like that where it's where Danny comes in and like at that first meeting where she notices that nobody likes her she tells Sam to bend the knee it's like oh you don't need to do that well it could be like hey uh, Sam you are actually like the people that rule that piece of land and I need to make sure you're on my side. And then he's just like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, right? And, yeah, I, that's the only thing I can really think of in the first two episodes to set yeah. that up. I think the other thing that would happen is during Danny's conversation with Sansa. Because mm-hmm. there's a point where, like, you know, they, they put their hands on top of each other. It's like, a, you know, a sign of solidarity. When Daenerys is like, but it would really be helpful if you just saw me as your queen. And Sansa's like, well, no, I can't do that. And if Daenerys, like, tightens her grip, like, mm-hmm. actually, like... What if she, like, draws blood on, like, like Sansa's arm? Okay. Like, she's like, please, your brother loves me. Why don't you love me? And, like, she does that, and Sansa's like, no, you're hurting me. And then, like, you know, the final shot of the thing is, like, you see, like, you know, a tiny drop, like, dropping, dripping down her hand. Okay. Where you okay. can see, like, Daenerys really, like, losing control. I like that. I think that's small enough where, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's just a small cut. And it's just yeah. like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. It's like, oh, it's, it's fine, Danny. And then Theon comes in and it's like, oh, yeah. great, you're here. Uh, but yeah, that's basically all I have for the first two episodes. Episode three is where things get a little meatier. So episode three, uh, we're going to kill more people, right? Oh, absolutely. Cool. Um, this is where, do we want to talk about the people and who should have died, who shouldn't? Right uh, I want to hear, uh, do you want to save the big one for the ending? Because I, yes. I have people that I feel like could die here. Okay, you go ahead. And I feel like, I still think Jorah should die. I think we have a disagreement on that, but... Uh, I think that they should still be dead. Theon should still be dead. But let's go even crazier, guys. Okay. Honestly, let's. I think this is the part where Jamie and Brienne and Podrick also all die. Because Jamie is a good guy now. Yeah. Jamie's a good guy, everybody. We need to fully establish that Jamie is a good guy. And if he dies either trying to save Brienne or do something like heroic, like if he like holds out like his golden arm and like pushes, like, a bunch of White Walkers, like, out of the way of, like, certain people, or if he's one of the people that helps save Arya or something, mm-hmm. or even if he's, like, the one that, that saves Bran, like, that would be a pretty cool ending for him that he's put Bran in the position he's in now, and he's the final one to, like, be killed by the Night King. So you're replacing that with... Were you replacing Theon with Jaime in that spot? No, I put... I still put Theon there as well, but, like, the... Uh, I think Theon gets, like, the surprise death, where... He's the one that gets, like, stabbed in the chest with, like, a spear. Uh-huh. And then, like, could even rise as a White Walker or something. And that's when, like, you know, you whip pan over and you see that the Night King is there. And then Jamie is standing with Bran. Bran. Eh, Bran. <laughs> There's too many people with similar names. And he 
rushes, and then he does the thing where he rushes towards the Night King, and the Night King takes him down, and just you know, just kills him there. And I think that's a good ending for him. And I think it would take a, it would be like he sees Brienne and Podrick both die, like in the battle, and he now like has no real reason to live. Um, because the only problem that I would see with Jamie dying in this battle is that Cersei does have a, his baby with her, but because of how easily dispatched Cersei is, <laughs> I think that he should still die. I I don't. I agree. Jamie should die. I don't know if I like it as much that he's dying in the Winterfell episode because mm-hmm. I do like it a bit more, even though it wasn't the best. But he's dying with Cersei. I think. I like it better there because it's like they enter the world together and they're leaving it together, you know? Uh, but I don't like that they do it, at least the way the showrunners did it. It was so convoluted that that was... Because that was that was the, the reasoning behind it where they come together and they leave together. Right. But it just was a bad way of getting him there. That he needs to ditch Brienne. And he needed to ditch Brienne because he's still in love with his sister. I think we can give Cersei and Jamie a better death because I do worry that Jamie's just having the same death as Theon at that point where it's just like a little repetitive. I mean, a little bit, but I do I do think there's some more resonance if he and Bran have a similar conversation cuz honestly if you look at it and you just take Theon out and you say, "It's okay, Jamie. You're a good man." Like that's that's all that Jamie's ever needed. Yeah. Like is to just be a good person and it, he finally gets the confirmation and he can just die at that point. So that's where I stand, but I think we can also change that to later too. So we can put a pin in that. Okay. Potential death, but also Brienne and Podrick die there, and Jamie sees them die. Yeah, I really think Brienne needs to die right now because yes. her arc is done. The next thing she does after is she bangs Jamie and writes a really nice letter to Jamie. And separate, his... separate to that, if just gonna fast forward for a second. If Brienne does live and does that thing where she writes Jamie's story, where she makes him a good guy in the end, where she talks about it, if they're going to do that, you know what you do in the next moment is she turns the page and writes Sir Brienne of Tarth and starts telling her own story. Oh, yeah. I, I like that a lot better. <laughs> so either she dies in Winterfell or she lives and she lives long enough to tell her own story. Okay. I. I am surprised they actually didn't have her That's start her such own an night easy thing. <laughs> thing to do. You just keep her, you keep uh, Gwendolyn Christie around for another half hour and shoot that scene. It's so easy. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is like with um, Brienne writing that little part about Jamie in the book. If that's like the next big thing she does if she stays alive. I think if you have Tyrion do that, it's mm-hmm. even you get the same effect. Except Tyrion's not talking about how big of a fuckboy Jamie was yeah. or anything like that. Um, and Podrick again. What does Podrick do at the end of this? Like he's wheeling Bran around. Like yeah. okay, we can. It, it's funny, but like Podrick like has done so. Like we've shown like there were clips of him or not clips, but you know cutaways to him like sword fighting and being really good at it. Yeah, it'd be awesome if he's like dies with Brienne and they're together and it's like. Remember what I taught you, and like they die, and they they finish off the last of the White Walkers in their area, but they still die anyway. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. I I don't see their stories being that great, and I think it's a better death for them because also like in these big event episodes, people die. Like I said, like this happens, and yeah. we lost the very sea level group. Besides Theon. I'm trying to think of who else from that group should die. I honestly think Grey Worm should have died in this one. Oh, really? I was going to say I'm glad he didn't die. Really? Because yeah. I I think he did because I think he reinforced the bad parts of Daenerys in the last three episodes. Uh-huh. 
that if maybe we didn't have him to be a single-minded killing machine, then maybe we could have afforded more time for Daenerys to be a more three-dimensional person. I like seeing Grey Worm as, like, another part of Danny's crew that's just, like, undyingly loyal to her, to, mm-hmm. like, a fault, of course. And, like, if he dies, who's that perspective from? I think there's no... I think it's yeah. nothing because I, Daenerys needs to be alone. I think that's the point, is that Daenerys is alone in her thinking when she, like, tries to, you know, be violent. I, I just like seeing one of the soldiers still being, like, with her no matter what. And I think Grey Worm is a good insight to all that being like, no, she's my queen and she's broken the chains for me and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Then when she does die, there is still, like, repercussions. Like, we have a face for the unsully being like, no, we're pissed about John. <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else should... Die in this I, one. I, I mean, Sam, you could say he should have died. I think Sam survives, but he runs away to go mm-hmm. to the crypt. And so he goes to the crypt and sort of opens the doors for everyone mm-hmm. to escape, being like, oh, what? And, the, you know, the White Walkers yeah. are there killing people. And so other people run out, and it's like, Sam, you're a hero. And it's like, oh, totally. totally. Yeah, <laughs> that actually could have been good. Because um, then this also... We'll lead to something else that I'm going to talk about in a second. But the big person that I wish had survived and switched... Uh, I wish someone had died, and I wish someone had survived. The person I wish survived is Ser Jorah. And the person I wish had died in this episode is John. Now, let, let's just completely switch those two characters of, like, storyline. So John dies. Ser Jorah has the whole arc that John has. So right now, Danny comes down, sees that John is dead, and she's like, no, the one that I love, the the thing that, like, made me a whole person. And then this sort of is the trigger moment for her being like, I'm going crazy, I'm nuts now, or whatever. And now Sejora sees this progression of Danny going crazy, and, and the final episode has to kill her. Mm-hmm. That's like, he's loved this woman so much, and he hasn't been able to have her, and now he has to end her life, where I think... If we're going to talk about subverting expectations and everything, that's something you wouldn't have seen coming. And then if you're arguing like, well, why did John come back alive and stuff? It's like, well, you know, he rallied the crew together and uh, died to trigger Danny going crazy. Uh, thanks, yeah. Prom. But I mean, my, my counterpoint to that is that throughout the next two episodes, the big reason why Danny goes crazy like, is because she's not the rightful heir and everybody likes John more and that she has a, a legitimate threat to the throne. Uh-huh. So if John dies in this episode and the entire threat is gone and even though she's still in love with John and she lost him, what makes her do the horrible things that she does? Or is that, or is this the point where she just snaps and there's no going back because she's lost the person that she loves? Because it, it, it at least made sense that she would do some of this stuff because... John is a threat the entire time uh-huh. and that someone like Varys could tell and she, even though she got rid of him, she still wasn't her, her fears and anxiety was not assuaged because John is still alive. So what, what keeps her anxiety level there or does, has she just snapped at that point and then we're just going to see three episodes of Mad Daenerys? Um, I think this is the point where she starts getting snapped and just like, she's not all there, you know, mm-hmm. she's being irrational, being just like, you know, how some people when they die or when loved ones have died, they sort of just get into that thing where it's like they can't really accept their reality. She's like that and then just starts making bad decisions and just goes purely on emotion Mm -hmm. where like still, you know, Varys could be like, hey, 
you're going a little crazy there. Like, I don't really uh, believe all this. And then she snaps. It's like, Jakaris blows, you know, Varys to dead, whatever. And, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. That's fair. I, I can see it. I think we'd have to figure out what replaces the, the John anxiety in the next couple episodes. But besides that. Um, it could just be that Sansa wants to take over. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, you're crazy. And I would be a better <laughs> queen than you. You know, there's no lineage there or anything like that. But, you know, Bran gets on the freaking throne. So lineage has been basically thrown out the window. Um, Another thing that I think would be fun. Oh, oh, like, so when I know I know John is only like half Targaryen and everything. But instead of like having this huge secret come out through John being stupid and telling his friends and family. Yeah. That once Sam has opened up the crypt, Varys and other people have gone out and they see John fighting with the ice dragon, and the ice dragon sprays fire on him, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh my god, John's dead, but it's fire, so since he's a Targaryen, it mm-hmm. doesn't affect him, and then he just comes out unscathed, and people are like, wait, what the fuck? And he starts fighting with the dragon, or like the, at that point after, that's when the dragon disappears, and they're like, hold on, how the hell did you survive that? Like, what the hell? And it's like, you're... you're a Targaryen, aren't you? And then they sort of go through and figure out, like, oh, you're Aegon's kid. Like, wait a minute, you have a claim to the throne. And then instead of, like, hey, did you hear? John's so really... John doesn't die? Not... Different thing right now. Okay. Yeah, different thing. Okay, different We're thing. Descri- that thing is so done now. John, okay. That was just a new... That was a different idea. John is still going to be alive now. So everybody sees him get, get burned but survive. Yeah. And now there's, like, a real... People are really, like, on John's side. Yeah, they're like, whoa, how did you do that? That's crazy. Targaryen confirmed, we all saw you survive that fire attack. You can't deny this anymore. And then it's more like, no, guys, I really don't want it. It's not, like, a whispered thing about it. It's, like, very public knowledge that he's a Targaryen and has the rightful heir to the throne. That could be interesting. Yeah. Because it's it's a whole different show entirely if now everybody knows. Yeah. And it's just a thing where he's just refusing to take it. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what do you think? Long term for that, uh, I still think I prefer John making it to the end and being the one to make the call to kill her. Because I, as great as Jorah is, he's a. Uh... Oh no no no! I'm still saying John. I'm saying John survives the fire attack. Okay, so yeah, I thought we were deciding between which of those two versions. Oh no no, no 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 no! Talking about John surviving yeah. and everyone knowing that. Yeah, he that's is... my. I think I'd prefer that to, oh, to right. what happened. Oh. Yeah, okay, cool. Okay, cool. We're on I, I think, yeah. Well, I comp- compared to the one where it's Jorah and then compared to what actually happened, I think that's my favorite of the three, is that people see that Jon is the Targaryen, and it comes from a cool moment of him getting fire-breathed on him. Yeah, and I don't know the technical, like, all right, is that really fire, or is that ice fire? I think it's supposed to be fire. Oh, yeah, because, you know, fire at different heats is blue at times, so, yes. yeah, okay, it works. Another thing is, like, I want the second dragon to die here rather than episode four. Ooh, I have a, a better idea for that, though. Okay. Is that I think episode four should not end with Missandei being killed, but with the dragon being killed. Oh, okay. So well, that, that so instead of Missandei being the trauma, the dragon is the trauma. Let's circle back to that okay. in a second. For mine, it's a... The dragons, they're fighting together, and right before... The ice dragon sprays John. It kills the other dragon, and now John's definitely like, "Oh shoot! I need to kill this dragon. That's not my queen." And uh, we go on from there. But what were you saying about? So I mean, 
we have a lot of stuff to take care of in episode four. Yeah. So if you want to wait to get to that, we can do that later. Sure. Yeah. Let's. We can come so back yeah. to that because it's the it's the end of episode four basically that I would be. Okay. With the dragon. So with four. Here's anything else. Well, is there anything else with three that you want to do? Uh, I want John and the Night King to fight. Give That'd some cool. fan service, man. That we've been hyped for this. Just do it. I feel like the Night King has such a big ego where he would like indulge John to fight, but he would raise the dead first, and they all circle around uh, John and the Night King, making like a circle, you know, Mortal Kombat fight, mm-hmm. and they fight there. And either maybe the dragon dies there by saving John and like distracting everyone so he can run away. Or Danny just swoops up and grabs him. Mm-hmm. Or Sir Jorah comes by and sacrifices. I don't know. One of those things. But I want... Okay. You know, the show writers feel like they fan service is bad. And I don't think that's true. You know, like, give the fans what they want. As long as you do it, like, in a really cool, fun way, which easily they could have. Yeah. And, you know, John losing to the Night King is like a... Oh, I failed my destiny here. Like, we're lucky that everything survived, but I didn't leave up, live up to my expectations. Like, why did I get brought back? And mm-hmm. then he realizes later down the road that he was brought back to kill Danny. Hooray. Huzzah. Uh, yeah. Well, also, speaking of fan service, you can do fan service well. Like, look at, look at Avengers Endgame. The movie is 50% fan service, and they did it fairly well in a way that, like, works for the story and works as fan service. Yeah. Like, Game of Thrones could have just done something like that, where they do, you know, crazy stuff like John getting breathed on by fire and other things, and it is part of the story. Uh, I I was gonna bring up uh, Thor's hammer and Captain America. Yeah, uh, you guys get it. Who's seen that movie? If you haven't seen that movie, I'm surprised. Who are you? <laughs> it, it's made eight hundred million dollars, so like just in America, and you know, two and a half billion worldwide. So I'm assuming you've seen it, right? Um, all right, well, that's it for me. Let's, should we go to episode four? Yes, let's go to episode, yeah, episode four, uh, which, to me, should be four episodes long. Okay, go, go ahead. Because it shouldn't be this bullshit thing where <laughs> we do about a month or two months worth of time in a single episode where we're consolidating Danny's like, descent into madness, her, the secret of John getting out, and, like, all this other stuff, like, happening in such a short amount of time. And Varys and Tyrion having, like, a disagreement over, like, who should be in charge. Yeah. No, I think there is a lot to work there. And this does feel like the most sped-up episode because, yeah, a lot happens, but we needed more time to really appreciate it all. Only get the context of it. Like, the first episode should be, the like, the dinner time and, like, the, the very first, like, post-war kind of thing. And we, we spend a lot of time with the characters as they're, you know, figuring out who, who they are and what's happening. And I think that the episode should just be burning the bodies, the party. I still think if Jamie and Brienne survive, if they survive, then they do the hookup thing. And I think that should be the first time that that happens. Okay. And if they don't, perfect, we don't have to write the story anymore. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> and if they don't survive, then it's fine. And we get more conversations with Daenerys and John talking about things and she like really tries to convince him like please don't tell anyone about this and John actually taking some time to consider it because if he's going to be stupid he could be stupid later yeah but like if he has to think about it and he sits there and he really considers it and then maybe that's when someone like Tyrion or Varys comes up and is like so I uh I saw you got breathed on by fire and you survived (laughs) 
I just gotta ask, are you are you a Targaryen? And then John's like, no. And then they're like, are you the rightful heir to the throne? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> and that's and it could sort of be a thing where Varys has actually been talking to John for like a while. Mm-hmm. I think the episode should end with you know John has talked to Varys, has talked to Tyrion, and he gets both sides of it. Where Varys is like, no, no, no you should start talking about it. I've been getting some bad vibes from Danny, and Tyrion's like. Listen, I, I appreciate the honor system, and I think it's good, but for the sake of the kingdom, you shouldn't tell anybody, which are both very valid arguments. Yeah. And then at the very end, it, we see him out in the garden with, or whatever, with Sansa and Arya and being like, all right, I have something to tell you, where at least if he's doing something stupid, he's had discussions with them, and he talked to Danny, and like she's urged him a number of times not to do it. Right. And he's actually taken the time to consider not, not telling someone. Yeah, no, I... I think that's smart. Because then also you don't want... He's worried that other people will tell Sansa and yes. Arya. And he's like, well, it should come from me. It's going to come out. Like, there's exactly. no way Barris is not going to tell them. You know? Yes. And then in the next... <laughs> in episode 4.2, uh, then we see that Daenerys has figured out that Jon has told people. And now she's starting to distrust him where maybe she calls him in and tests him on something where it's like, so... Do you like to come stay in my bedchamber with me? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's what's going on? And that's when Arya or not Arya, uh, Din- uh, Sansa talks to Tyrion and says, "Hey, so I think John <laughs> is a target." And he's like, "I heard. I saw the fire." And they're like, "So we should tell people." And then Tyrion's like, "Well, hold on. Maybe we shouldn't." And then we have an actual discussion from both sides where Sansa like hears some reasoning rather than just being so you know full gung ho about it. And then Arya decides to leave with the Hound in this episode, too. And they have a discussion about what revenge means to them, so that there can be a full thing about it. And then uh, the episode ends with Daenerys' like, small council, where she they're like, hey, we should take a rest. And then Daenerys says, no, I'm gonna, we're gonna march on King's Landing right now. That's where it ends. They're like, woohoo. We're, someone says we're doomed. Yeah. Uh, episode four point three is the the journey down to King's Landing or down to Dragonstone, mm-hmm. and that's again more of a thing where we get to have more conversations. Where John actually tries to talk to Danny, he's like, "Look, I know you told me not to tell anybody," and that's where Danny can be like, "You told them," <laughs> and like super pissed, and like John's trying to do his best to like win back her trust, and it's through this like effort that he's trying to win back her trust that she goes even crazier that she's like. I can't trust anybody. Like, you keep pushing this point. And then Tyrion tries to tell her, well, it's okay that Jon did that because he's still your queen and everything's fine. And Varys tries to manipulate her, too. And then she's like, no. And there's so many people coming at her from different angles that she can't focus. Uh-huh. That when later on... And also, we stick with that Arya and the Hound, again, talking about revenge. And Arya, like, for the first time ever being like, maybe I don't want to kill Cersei. Well, maybe they should sort of, like, come at each other where, like, Arya's like, I'm so much better at revenge than you, and, like, <laughs> gives all the people she's killed on the list, and then the Hound's just like, well, okay, what are you going to do afterwards? Because that's one of the reasons why I like Arya going to the West so much. It's like, mm-hmm. have you seen the new True Grit? Uh, yeah, the 2010 one. Yeah, so yeah. you know how that woman girl character like she's like so obsessed with revenge when she's younger and then we cut to the future and she's just sad and like always angry i think that's what aria is afraid she'll become and Mm -hmm. i think the hound should tell her like this is what you're going to become if you keep doing you're going to look like me 
and you know blah 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 and then Arya's like crap yeah I never would really what thought about what I would do after I killed everyone like you know and she has mentioned that going west like sounds peaceful to her so that's why I'm like fine with her doing that in the end mm-hmm. but I think it still should be set up more it should be set up more with a conversation between her and the hound in the woods and they travel and they get to you know be the friends that they once were yeah and we get to see that relationship you know develop and then we see the other side and I think at a certain point, I don't know if it should be 4.2 or 4.3. Okay. Where we see, where we cut back to Cersei and in King's Landing and more of like Euron stuff. Because if we're going to make Euron like the right hand man, mm-hmm. like really like figure out a way to get him like closer with Cersei and almost either have Cersei actually start to care about him or have him think that he's getting even closer with her. And then she like, like puts a hand to his throat and like keeps him like, or like a knife to him and be like, you you don't you don't rule me. I rule you. You need to like do what I say. And he's like, of course, yes, madam. He should be. I could see him being into that too. Be yeah. like, oh yeah, madam. All right. And then that's when she's like, all right, get your ships together and and you know hang out by Dragonstone because that's where she's gonna go. And then because Danny's super angry and pissed at everything while they're sailing there, she's on the dragon. She's not focused. Euron's over there and just fires uh, one of the bolts. And it strikes Rhaegal. Mm-hmm. And I think as Rhaegal like, drops and Danny's like, no, and Rhaegal falls into the sea, that should be where the episode ends to me. That's where the, the, the section of episode four should end. Okay. Um, and so you want Miss Sunday. I want to... Miss Sunday to live. Yeah. I do not want her captured. I want Rhaegal to be uh, hit and hurt and killed. And then the ships can still be destroyed by the scorpions. Maybe that could be where the episode ends, is oh, where okay. all the ships are destroyed. Yeah. Everyone climbs up onto the beach. And Tyrion's like, you know, or someone's just like, I, 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 don't, I don't think we can win this anymore, or something like that. Okay. And then that's the end of the episode. That, yeah. to me, is how I feel like it should go. It should expand to three or four episodes. Okay. I'm also saying Miss Sunday wrong on purpose. That was a joke. Just so people don't roast me in the comments. Yeah, I like it. Uh, that's yeah. definitely the point where they messed up and rushed. That's where they started rushing too much. Yes. And if they had taken their time with everything and expanded this out, we could have set up Danny going crazy a bit more. We could have set up arcs more. It's literally what Game of Thrones was for the first yes. four or five seasons. Like, th- this journey takes a while, and it's not about the destination. It's how it's about, we got there. Exactly. And, like, how you get there is how the journey feels, how the destination feels worth it. Exactly. If you, going back to Endgame, mm-hmm. if you just watch Endgame, you're like, oh, cool, there was a couple cool action scenes and stuff, but overall, yeah. I was like, whatever, this old man is dancing with a woman now? What? <laughs> but if we go back to the first one, to everything else, you appreciate everything so much more, yes. and you're like, no, Captain America is finally getting his dance. It's all about the relationships, guys. Yeah, you need the context of these things to really feel for it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what, is there anything... Do uh, you agree with that, or do you want to do some different stuff through episode four? With the stuff you're saying, I completely agree. Uh, with episode four, the one thing, I do want Miss Sunday to die. But I think <laughs> we sort of switch the endings. I want, I want this episode's ending to be the beginning of five... And then I want the beginning of five to be the ending of four, where Varys is getting killed mm-hmm. because, you know, he's talking about murdering the queen and, like, is not being very subtle about trying to overthrow her and everything. And he sh- would be the one running around 
telling people about John and yeah, that's where he would die. She's like planting a flag, like saying, putting a line in the sand, being like, this is what, if you try and talk like this, you will die. Like John doesn't want the throne. And then Varys is like, you would suck though. And then he's dead. That could work. Cause even if it is the ending that I did, it could be killing Rhaegal. They wash up on shore and then Varys like, double times his efforts and is like, all right, I gotta tell everybody about this. Yeah, it could be like, all right, I'm running out of time. Like, we're getting there. Nothing's moving. I'm going for the Hail Mary. And then he dies because, you know, he's being sloppy. And, I mean, that's the biggest... We'll get that. We'll get into it for episode five. Um, But, yeah, besides that, do we do something with Cersei's child? Does she get a baby belly? Because, I mean, that's another thing that just goes completely nowhere. No. If we have four extra episodes, you don't want to put that in anymore? Not really, because I don't... I just never cared about the fact that she had another child besides what it means for Cersei. Uh-huh. Like, the fact that she just has a baby growing inside of her is all that really matters to me. I don't need, like, an additional story where it's like, huh, like, Euron walks is like, what do you think we're going to name our baby? Like, <laughs> you know, something like that where whoever she'd have a conversation with about it. I don't really care about that. I just care about what Cersei feels having that baby. And I already know how she feels having a baby. You don't want her to have another baby? Like, she's, like, the baby is just I don't want her to have a baby, nah. Uh, I mean, I think it's... I don't want to say it's something Cersei to do, but, you know, it is something for her to do. No. No? Okay. Because also the timeline just would seem weird that it's, like, nine months from when she... Uh, That's fair. That's fair. Because, yeah, I think Cersei could be strong on her own and just the fact that she's pregnant is her thing. All right. Is there anything else for episode four? No, I'm good to move on to five, uh, uh, where you want the start of five to be killing Missandei. Yeah, well, like I sort of said, I feel like this is a better, like, trigger moment for Danny, where, like, all right, this is all happening, bang, bang, bang. And even, like, that one word to Cersei with Ty- Tyrion being like, hey, like, let's not do this. We're gonna, She's going to kill everyone and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then Cersei being like, no, we're fucking doing this. It's like way more of a, all right, this is happening no matter what. And then Cersei immediately goes to the Red Keep or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts? I mean, I still don't want to kill Missandei at all. Right. I would rather, I think we both want to end the episode on the same point where it's like, you know, Rhaegal gets killed, falls in the water, and basically then their entire fleet gets destroyed. And I think that's where the episode should... I think we both agree that's where the episode should end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would rather just start it off with Danny, like, like sad, like, overlooking Dragonstone, where she's just tired and beleaguered and everything is just awful. And then we just kind of do everything normal from there. Uh, but if we do keep Missandei being killed, I do think that it should be at the start of five. And that's, like, she's, like, Danny's already, like has the same demeanor rather than how she has at the end of four Mm -hmm. where she's still like defiant and standing there. She could even already be tired and like, I just, I, you know, almost, and almost she could even step up with like after Tyrion said his piece and it looks like she's going to kill Missandei. Danny could like finally just like run after be like, no, don't do that. And then that's when the kill happens. And then that's just finally the last, the very, very last straw where she's like fine. And then retreats for like, a minute to go pick up the army and then the army just storms the castle at that point. Right. I think what could be cool if we do something like that is like Missandei's last words are Jakaris. Mm-hmm. And so then like Drogon's just like, oh, okay. And just starts <laughs> burning shit. I don't know. He did, he's only supposed to listen to a Targaryen. So oh, really? that wouldn't really make sense. for. Whoa, him another twist. <laughs> another Missandei twist. is a Targaryen. No, but I am 75 to 80% feeling like I 
don't want to kill Masande, uh-huh. but we we can go through two different versions of what happens later right, on right, right. with her being alive and dead. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is sort of like how Danny kills all the innocent people. Yes. Because, uh, you know, that's a bit of a turn for her character. It's it's a, it's a turn. It's her, what her character, I think, could have been capable of mm-hmm. had this show lasted another season <laughs> to build up her descent into not caring about how people who aren't her own immediate family feel or who aren't the people that she already cares about feel. Right. I think that could have worked. Did we have that time? No, we didn't. We had the previously on Game of Thrones, yes. and then it's just the sound effects being like, oh, you're crazy, John's trying to get you, oh, Targaryens, flipping a coin. Which, fun fact, previously on is not technically part of the episode, so that doesn't count. Mmm, rats. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, what's your idea for changing that up? So, I, I got, like, one or two ideas, but I want the Golden Compass people to be... The Golden Army? Is it all oh, right? Golden that's Compass. Mixi- that's mixing uh, <laughs> franchises. You can bring the Golden Compass into this. <laughs> Golden Army sort of is like they know Danny's going to go into the castles no matter what to try and get to the Red Keep. Like mm-hmm. the walls are going to fall, so they're going to all dress up as peasants. When all of Danny's like warriors are coming out, just random peasants are starting to attack him. Mm-hmm. And so now when Danny's flying around, she's like, "Shoot, I don't know who's an actual soldier of the Golden Compass." Golden Army? Golden Army. Damn it. Well, actually, to be fair, Golden Army, I think, is also the Hellboy sequel. Uh, so we're, okay. just, we're just stuck in the middle wow. of franchises right now. <laughs> anyway, so they're going around killing people. And so now Danny's like, shoot, to save my army, which are people I care about mm-hmm. and don't want to die, I need to kill these civilians. And it's like, oh, okay, where's the line? And then she picks to kill the civilians. And so it's a point where... You know, Tyrion's like, the hell, the bells are ringing and everything. And she's like, well, I picked my men over blah, blah, blah. And at least she's a little sympathetic at that point. Or, like, you understand her. Mm-hmm. See, I have a similar idea where I don't want Danny to actually, like, really try to kill the, the civilians. Uh-huh. Where it's a thing where I think that she should still... Uh, I don't know if you're going to end up talking about this, but uh, I still want her to, like, go a little bit crazy. Where at the very end, you know, the same thing happens when they fight. Danny's taken out all of like the dragon, you know, uh, the scorpions. She's basically taken out Euron's fleet. Uh, the entire, you know, Northmen, the Dothraki, the the Unsullied have taken out basically the entire Golden Army and the Lannisters, and like they're ready, they're standing there like victorious. And instead of Danny just like, you know, hearing the bells and just like lighting up all of King's Landing. She looks towards uh, the Red Keep and just goes after the Red Keep. And everyone's like, no, Danny, you can't. Ju- don't kill Cersei. Like, we need to, you know, put her to trial and do a real thing out of it. And she, all she does is destroy the Red Keep. Uh-huh. But uh, as we learned from season two, there are pockets of wildfire stashed throughout the entirety of King's Landing. Uh-huh. So that once she starts destroying the Red Keep, she goes a little too far and, like, just, like, destroys the whole building and by accident she ignites one of the the uh one of the mad king's stashes of uh, wildfire, wildfire yeah. which triggers a chain reaction of blowing up other like portions of wildfire throughout the area so the the civilians don't know the difference between dragon fire and wildfire because it's it's green versus yeah. red which they wouldn't necessarily know fair so it actually still would be a mad uh, ruler that ends up killing everyone, and Danny actually realizes that her hubris of trying to be like, you know what, I'm just going to go and kill Cersei and destroy her entire place, like, without thinking, still is the downfall of most of the citizens of King's Landing. Mm-hmm. But she ends up realizing that's her mistake, 
and she flies around, tries to save as many people as she can. So at the same time as all this wildfire is going off, you still have the journey with Arya, and you still have the Unsullied not realizing that that's not what Danny's trying to do. So Grey Worm still, like, takes out the army, and everyone's like, no, 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 this isn't her. Her dragon doesn't breathe that way. She wouldn't do this. And when John actually says, my queen, she wouldn't do this. <laughs> like, he's actually telling the truth. And Danny actually, like, tries to save people, but the wildfire, like, gets people. Even she picks them up with the dragon. But they're too scared to be picked up. And at a certain point, Danny sees the fear in everyone's eyes and realizes that she made such a huge mistake that by the end of the episode, when she's, like, decided to destroy the whole kingdom instead of doing that, She's realized that all she does is cause destruction. So instead of doing that, she's gonna she's gonna you know become the Mad Queen that the universe has decided she should be, because she's lost everybody at this point, and now she's lost the goodwill of the people in King's Landing. And so she just abandons it and like just stone faces like, all right, this is this is what I deserve. Okay. Yeah. I, but I do think I like the idea of the peasant thing happening too, because it actually would mean Cersei did a lot of planning. Mm-hmm. Because I think. The biggest disservice this entire this entire season was to Cersei. Yeah, she deserved so much better. She deserved a better death. She deserved so much more than besides like looking into the looking into the distance. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, when we get to it, what did Cersei do this season? It's more what didn't she do? Like she yeah. didn't send men to fight the White Walker. She didn't kill a dragon. She let Euron yeah. do that and. She didn't Euron get her. Greyjoy <laughs> is one of two people who ever kill a dragon, and that's so infuriating. Uh, just give her a better death, or like have her do something that like impacts the plot a little bit. Besides being like, no, you can't come into my castle. No, this goes against one of the character beats uh, that we've established. Because, like I said, I wanted episode four to last like three or four episodes. Yeah, but I do think that to give Cersei a better death. I think she, like, the same thing with, like, the Hound and uh, the Mountain should still happen, Clickangle. Mm-hmm. We still gotta give the fans what they want, still yeah. should happen, but yeah. she runs away from that uh, and, like, tries to, you know, escape. And the Jamie and Euron bot- battle actually still happens. However, I would like Jamie and Euron to die at each other's hands. And <laughs> because, uh, well, one of their hands, because yeah, he doesn't I, have yeah. a golden hand. But then as Cersei's, like, leaving and she gets to that section where there's the map, then Jamie Jamie actually walks up and is like, hello, sister, it's so good to see you. And, like, he uh, he's, like, you know, doing doing his normal thing. And she's like, no, I can't, I can't be with you. I need to be able to, like, save myself, save the baby, everything, abandon everything. And then he stabs her and then he takes off his face and it's Arya. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Because um, as that- much as the Arya arc is... I don't want to, I, you know, you shouldn't get revenge like me. I think at that point, Arya's realized that it's not about revenge anymore. It's about doing the right thing for the kingdom. Uh-huh. And she then would even have to live with the guilt of, like, Cersei's just, like, you know, whispers to, like, you know, I'm pregnant. And Arya's be like, I'll have to live with that. Okay. I like that. One thing, I how I thought Cersei was going to die is similar to that. But instead of Jamie's face, it's uh, it starts off, because, okay, I know this isn't how the faceless men work but it was a fun little fan theory for me it starts off it's like a revenge a revenge thing for all the people that cersei has wrong so it starts off as ned stark the snan sand snake people um some of the people from high garden and then it ends with jamie just being like you tried to have me assassinated by Bronn," mm-hmm. and then that's where Arya kills her yeah. as jamie so then it's a little more like we get 
A little, a lot of fan service there. We get Sean Bean <laughs> for one episode. But also, the prophecy that Cersei gets from the witch uh-huh. is different in the books, but everyone wanted that to be the true thing. So if they're going to do that, she was killed at the hands of her little brother. Yeah. But it was just Arya's wearing her brother's face. Yeah. Do you like the way that those two died, I guess, in general? So what, Cersei and Jaime? Yeah. No, the way that in the okay. show? No. Okay. God. The... the <laughs> They spent two episodes and ruined, like, Jamie Lannister. If you had, again, three episodes to have a discussion with Jamie and Brienne where he truly, like, is like, I, I don't feel like a good person, and she takes him out and, like, you know, shows him the accomplishments, and maybe even if she, like, shows him, like, the book that she was, right, like, she had added his stuff, and is like, no, look, I showed all the things that you did, that even though you were on one side, you came back to the, to the other side, and you helped fight the dead, and even then he feels like, you know, not satisfied uh-huh. and then leaves. It's it's more of a bittersweet thing where he like knows this is the wrong thing to do, but he just can't fight his nature. Mm-hmm. We just need a few episodes to see that happen where instead of him lying in bed with Brienne, staring at a fire and then getting up and going on a horse and leaving. That's just that doesn't make any sense. And but if we're going to do something like this, because I I do think it's a fine thing to do in my version where you have three additional episodes that he can still go back and re- and as he's like fighting Euron and Euron tells him it's like you know I fucked the queen I did all this and that's when Jamie realizes oh no Cersei like is really just doing what she has to do to get through mm-hmm. and they both die at each other's hands at least Jamie's realized that as he's dying Euron gets to be the he- the guy that killed Jamie Lannister boo he gets to kill a dragon and Jamie Lannister I mean Euron had such potential to be the weird like crazy villain and instead they just dropped half of that. Like I, he started off as the boring villain, mm-hmm. then he became the weird, crazy villain, and then he just became a mixture of the two. I don't know if we want to talk about this now, but I do want to talk about how to fix him in general, not just with this season, but as an overall character. Uh, I think we can go into him now, because I think it, we're, we're at his death. We might as well go fix the entire character. Okay. Yeah, what you were just saying, he starts off as, like, just this guy, and then the actor just decides to super, like, get corny, overacting him yeah. all the time with, like, wide eyes, like, oh, I'm gonna fuck the queen! <laughs> well, there's the or, one episode where they attack the ships with the the, the Greyjoy and Sand Snake ships, uh-huh. and that's, he's, like, just covers himself in blood, and he, like, then that's, like, where he, his eyes get wide and his mouth gets wide, and he's, like, <laughs> and it's, like, okay, we're taking a turn with this character, and I'm yeah. down for the cartoony version, but then they kind of, like, flipped him again in this season where it was just a weird combination of, like, oh, now he's power-hungry. He's not just crazy. It's it, None of it made sense between the seasons he was in. I sort of get the power-hungry thing. Like, he kills his brother to become king of uh, the Ironborn. He Iron, does, whatever. but he becomes a weird... Like, the power crazy... Again, he is power crazed, but in a, in a half-assed weird way. Uh-huh. Where it's not, like, a thing where he's, you know, going for power and that's it. Well, they also make him, like, such a strategic, mindful war guy where it's like, yeah, we're going to come out of this area and kill a dragon. And it's like, Mm -hmm. sure, that will work. And then it's like, oh, it did work. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to do to try and fix him? Uh, I mean, if we can go back to season five or six or whenever he was introduced, make him crazy then. Like, he's power. He's crazy because he's power mad. Okay. Rather than he's power mad and then he's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, he just shows up. And, you know, he says something about uh, the brother's code. and Or he even says, did you know you had a third brother? His name was Falling Greyjoy. And he just, like, throws him over the edge. <laughs> like, something stupid like that. If, you, if you're going to go crazy with him, uh-huh. just go for it early on and do that. And then he, I think he does... It's where he has the fight with Theon to figure out who's the leader of the Iron Islands, right? 
Uh, that at some point, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, and so it should be like, I don't know, a, a, another thing. He takes like a sausage and just oh. like, and like starts to do a sword fight with him in that way. Okay. Like he's actually doing pretty well, like just like, oh, just cutting up the sausage. Yeah. And then finally just like, just either stabs him like through the shoulder, or, like knees him in the gut and just like takes him down. And it's like, uh, I aimed higher because I knew if I aimed lower, nothing would happen. <laughs> and it just do stuff like that, like just little tidbits of him. Keep the same stuff, but let let him go ham. Like, I really don't think there's any problem with Euron. Mm-hmm. The way that he's like, his story goes, his character should have just been different. Yeah. I would have liked him to have, like, in the books, he has black magic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, it's this taboo thing. And at least if he has black magic, that's one thing. It's like, oh, I can describe you in a couple words. Black magic, asshole, cocky. Yeah. And it's like, it gives him something to do. And then also when he's when his fleet shows up out of nowhere and kills a dragon, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, he used black magic. Actually, yeah, I, I do agree. I should have thought of that. Because him having magic would be great because... Without Melisandre there to be the only real magic user, uh-huh. like that would have been a good asset for Cersei's army to have. Yeah, and it's something for him to do. You know, it's another yeah. thing because he's just a weird guy right now. If he had some black magic, it would be like maybe Kyburn is just yeah. like, oh, what is this guy about? And like he's got his suspicions or like exactly. I don't know. Yeah, Euron and Kyburn could have like a whole, not like a whole thing, but a couple scenes where they're like, hey, we both dabble in magic, and I don't trust your dark magic. Well, I don't trust your dark magic. Yeah, and so maybe it's like they see the mountain. Euron sees the mountain. He's like, "Oh, this is some good work." And then he like tries like tinker with it a bit to try and like you know have mm-hmm. the mountain be on his side now. And Kyburn's like, "Get away from here!" He slaps his hand. Yeah, and then it becomes a little comedy on NBC called Kyburn and Euron. <laughs> Kyburn and Euron. Well, it could even make sense for when uh, for when the mountain uh, disobeys Kyburn. Because mm-hmm. what if Euron actually had actually done like a you know not like a spell, but you know he messed with the magic so that he doesn't actually listen to Kyburn anymore. Uh huh. And then that makes more sense for why the mountain, besides, you know, fighting off, you know, the, you know, the voice of Kyburn, where Euron, you know, gets a little bit of an extra win there. And it feels like it makes more sense. Yeah. Because the mountain has done, not done anything against the will of Kyburn and Cersei. It would have made a little bit more sense if he had maybe hesitated possibly before when Cersei tries to order him to kill Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Or if the mountain, you know, eyes got wide or like he like shook a little bit before killing him. He's like, oh, you really want me to kill your brother? Yeah. But without saying it. Yeah, yeah. It would have yeah. made more sense. So okay. I, I think it might be interesting to have Euron do, you know, black magic so he can be a better naval captain and so that he could trick Kyburn. Yeah, and I think with the mountain stuff, maybe, like, Euron is one of those guys that's like, oh, hey, the mountain, he has free will, but you guys aren't letting him have free will. And then Kyburn's like, no, he loves being my handy maid or whatever <laughs> and then he's trying to convince the mountain to join him and i don't know maybe that's a turn for the mountain in why he kills kyburn yeah it's something but it is more funny when kyburn just gets thrown <laughs> against against a Best rock death all season yeah honestly though uh, um all right uh, should we go back to episode five now yeah i mean those are some of my big things for episode five because i think the real big thing is changing danny's motivation for destroying the entire <laughs> King's Landing. Yeah. No, but I, I agree with that. If we are, and we talked about Cersei and Jamie dying, do we want anyone else to majorly die in this? Like, do we lose an Arya who's running around, and maybe that's some motivation to Jon being like, hey, um, she is crazy. She killed my, my sister. Maybe. I might be interested in Arya dying if I didn't, you know, like her as so much as a character that I would want to see her, see yeah. what's next for her. But it would make sense to close her arc after she's killed Cersei to be like, 
you know, I'm I'm done. I'm out of here. I, a character that I don't want to die, but I think would be helpful for John turning on Danny at the last, not at the last second, but you know, at the very end, is uh, Davos. Okay. Uh, if one of the if one of the peasants uh, kills him, or if Davos, you know, tries to take you know fight off one of the Unsullied that's uh-huh. trying to kill some civilians, and Davos, you know, just keeps pushing him, and the Unsullied just stabs Davos. Well, it could be Grey Worm. It could be Grey Worm. I think that makes it a better thing where it's like, oh, Davos is like, Grey Worm, what are you doing? Like, stop! And he's like, no, my queen's doing this, and then my queen. And then yeah, John yeah. sees that, and I think that because I do want Davos to make it to the end because. I I've got I've got plans for Davos. Oh really? Cool. Because uh, get besides Danny's motivation, changing the entire uh, hierarchy of King's Landing or of Westeros is the big thing I want to change. Okay. Uh, oh. But if we do have to kill someone else, I would be fine with it being Davos for the sake of John's arc, because Davos is basically done at this point. He doesn't have anything yeah. else really to do after Melisandre left. So if Grey Worm kills him, and that's kind of like the guy that John's been looking at as like the older figure, that's like. Oh, he's he's smart. He knows what to do. Then I think that would be extra motivation. Nope, I I agree with that. Davos does just doesn't have much to do after Melisandre dies, like you said. Mm-hmm. And okay, I'm good with that. I think that that's really it for me for this episode. Yeah, no, I think that's it for four five on me. Um, I think I'm good. Should we get to the finale, the oh, series yes. finale of let's, Game of Thrones? Let's get to the Iron Throne. Okay, so. Um, where are we starting with this one? Uh, I don't even know where to start with this one, man. I think that we should start <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, I don't think I think I don't think Tyrion needs to go and find his siblings. Uh, I I think he should go see that the entire Red Keep's just been destroyed, uh-huh. and maybe he maybe he like can't get into the Red Keep because you know the entire ground floor is just like rubble. Right. So he kind of wanders around and he tries to find that boat that he sent Jamie to. And he just sees Jamie just sadly, like, dead and faceless, like, right next to Euron. And yeah. Because he sees the golden hand, so he knows who it is. Right. And he just, sees, like, collapses. And that's where he collapses, because he shouldn't, as much as he had a connection with Cersei, like, a little bit, he shouldn't have cried at her grave, at, like, at her grave. So I think, I think him breaking down and, like, seeing that Jamie just couldn't do it. Uh, is enough for him. I agree that I I like the moment that he has Tyrion has with uh, Cersei and Lan- Jamie when like he sees their bodies. I agree. Like if he just sees the boat that he sent to Jamie that's mm-hmm. just there, I think he gets it like immediately. He doesn't yeah. even need to see the bodies. He's just like they didn't get out, and then that's where like yeah. he's sort of internalizing everything. But it makes more sense when he sees the bodies, and then he goes to Danny being like you're not my queen anymore. And then I'm a bit iffy on that. I do agree with what you're saying, but I think it is like, that's the moment where he changes his mind on everything. Like it wasn't Varys that decided this. It's like, he sees the turning point at that point. I, uh, for, for my version where, um, Sunday's still alive. Uh, uh, I think the, there's the part where John, uh, encounters gray worm, about to execute the remaining Lannister soldiers. Mm-hmm. And I think instead of John being the one to stop him, uh, Missandei is the one who tries to stop him. And uh, John actually has to be like the, like he's feeling very defeated at this moment, you know, if we've killed Davos. Right. Uh, that he's like, Missandei, we have to go talk to Danny right now before she does anything else that she's going to regret. And she's like, fine. So she has to let go and Graham still kills the soldiers. And the two of them have like a look past each other. It's like, 
what have you done? You're not the same man that I loved. Uh, and uh, instead of them walking up to the army, like listening to a speech, uh, they walk up the stairs, uh, John and Miss Ande, and then that's when Danny lands and they get the fucking shot where the yeah. track wings are behind her. I mean, they, that's cool. Come it's, on, that it's was a cool, cool shot. shot. But it's so ham-fisted. Yeah. Uh, and she, and before she goes out and has the talk, or has the speech, the three of them talk, that's when Danny explains, like, I didn't do that. That was the that was the dra- the the wildfire. I didn't want this, but this is so. And then John and Miss Andy are like, "Oh, so you're gonna like, you know, we're gonna calm down. We're gonna tell everyone it was a mistake." And Danny's just like, "No, no, we're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna tell them that it was me because if they if they think I they'll think I'm just lying. So they're they're gonna have to live with fear." And the two of them are you know stunned by this, and that's when she walks out, and then everyone joins her by her side. Oh yeah, and Tyrion's up there with her too, because right. those are like her three main council people. Yeah. And then Danny still gives the same speech, but it's with less powerful enthusiasm, and it's more just like resigned. Uh, this is who I have to be now. Uh huh. Because I feel like that's more of who she is, where she realized that that's what everyone's been telling her her destiny's meant to be. So instead of trying to change it, she's just given into it. Tyrion does the thing where he throws the throws the badge down the stairs. They capture him, uh, and we get the same kind of thing where Danny goes up to the uh, uh, up to you know the Iron Throne, uh-huh. and John has a conversation with Missandei and Tyrion. And in the, if Davos is still alive, he's in this conversation. But if he's not alive, then it's just the three of them. Okay, uh, where they're talking in the jail cell. And that's when Tyrion talks to him about you have to do what's right, and he doesn't understand what he means. And I think then that's when Miss is like, "I give you my blessing to to do this because she's not she's not my she's not my queen anymore, so she shouldn't be your queen." Yeesh. Okay. But again, if Miss is dead, then just swap out with Davos, right? In this version, who may not be dead. Okay. So I like that. In general, if we're going to script Doctor a few things, the talk that Tyrion has with Jon, mm-hmm. I want that to be Arya, where maybe Arya is not mm-hmm. thrown in prison or anything, but she's just like, blah, blah, blah. Like, we need to... The whole speech that Tyrion gave is just now with Arya. And maybe Sansa's there, too. So it's like his sisters, and they're like, we're your sisters. Like, we have the best intentions for you, and blah, blah, blah. And I think maybe this should have been dealt with in episode three. In the next scene, when Danny and John are talking and stuff, mm-hmm. maybe he's still having reserves. And she's like, yeah, like, you know, we need to conquer everything and blah, blah, blah. And your sisters are blah, blah, blah. And she, John will be like, well, they're my bloodline. Like, I need to tell them the truth and make sure they're safe. And then Danny will be like, well, we're your family too now, John. Like, we are literally related to each other, which mm-hmm. is like another huge thing that they never really talk about or even like. There's one line about Danny being John's aunt, right? Yeah, well, it's and, uh, it, I think it's Varys that says that it's like Tyrion's like John will never go for it, and then Varys just like it's in the Targaryen line or one of the they might have swapped it. I remember. What yeah, something it. on the lines so, like you know, that. Marriage is not unheard of in that family. But he should be like deciding between two families at that point, where it's like, oh, my family that I thought I had versus like the family I could have with Danny, and that makes it a more bigger decision when he decides to turn on. Danny. But another thing is, for this, I want the conversation between John and Arya to be like, John's like, I'm not doing it. She's my queen and everything. And then Arya's like, I'm sorry then. And now we cut to the regular scene of like mm-hmm. John and Danny going at it. And so then when John finally stabs Danny, take off the mask and it's Arya. <laughs> and now this is a bigger reveal because that means Arya had to kill John mm-hmm. to save the realm. 
And so now it's like, fuck. And then we're using her freaking face powers that they never use again. <laughs> yep. So See, I would agree with that if the if there was a time jump. Uh-huh. Where I think if Danny had taken the throne and then no one stopped her and she actually did like lead this horrible rebellion with an iron fist. Because Danny, in reality, wouldn't have been unsupervised for that long. Right. So I do think that it would be like years later. And then this young face of Jon Snow, her former lover, just walks up and is like, what? Hey, like, how are you here? And he says, uh, I, I'm here to correct the sins that I never could back, you know, back then. And she's like, but I loved you. I'm your queen. And it's like, no, you're not. And then stabs and then takes it off. It's Arya. And she has, you know, basically started the show all over again. <laughs> uh, but I would, I, I would agree if it was like, if it was the show that I was hoping it would be. Right. But since we're just kind of taking what's already there, I do still want it to be John. Uh-huh. And I, and for the for the way that I've made Danny's character at this point, I would want her to be uh, like still in that resigned state where she's you know very done, and she goes to the Iron Throne, and instead of actually trying to like reclaim it, she does touch it, and John walks in and is like, "So you finally gotten everything you've wanted?" Uh, and then she says, "No, I haven't," and then says Dracarys, and that she actually makes uh, Drogon melt the Iron Throne. Oh, okay. Like, because that's what happens in the episode. Right, And right. she tells him to do it, and then he, John walks over, and he's like, I don't understand. And she's like, I need to just rule this place uh, differently than it has been before. It needs, everything needs to be different. And John's like, you know, I, w- I will support you since you are my queen. Mm-hmm. And Danny says, uh, you know, you've got, like, one chance right now to tell me that I'm not your queen. And that's when he kills her. Oh. Because she, because he realizes that she actually doesn't, you know, she she doesn't care about caring for him anymore. She doesn't care about all the stuff that her ideals were anymore. Uh-huh. Like it's a very clear picture that she is not the same person, and that John is not the same person, and that he needs to do that. And that what Danny's always wanted is actually, you know, it's a cliche thing, but that what Danny actually wanted was never the thing that she wanted all along. Right. It was just to be somewhere where she had a home and where she was accepted, and then. She never received those things because she tried to follow this fake destiny. Right. Because she was told she was destined to have her entire life. Hmm. So I still like your version and I like mine. So I think it can go either way. Yeah, they had options and they were like, hey, <laughs> what's the worst one out of here? What's Let's the most do boring that. version of that. So, all right. I like those ideas also. And now let's just continue on with the episode, I guess. Yeah, where which is Tyrion in jail. They bring him out to the lords, all the lords of Westeros into the dragon pit. And where Tyrion, for some inexplicable reason, is allowed to decide who's the king of Westeros. Yep, and we'll get to what happened, but who would you have wanted on the throne? So, I think we've talked about I think about we talked about who was already on, because it was Bran. Yes. And what I was expecting the episode to do, and what I think it should have done, is when Tyrion says, there's only one person whose story is the best at Because I actually don't think the monologue is that bad. Yeah. It's just so out of place uh-huh. within the context of the episode. So I think if he still gives the monologue and says, who has the best story? And the camera pans, and it moves a, like an inch or two more <laughs> to reveal Sansa. Yeah. I think that works on so many levels. First of all, because Sansa does have, like, subtly the most tragic arc of everyone and she's been the one who's been talking about how the north needs to be separate and how all that and that's like the perfect way to unify the north with the rest of westeros uh it also means that you know Tyrion's allegiance to her is still there because he still loves her you know as you know and not in like a romantic way but in like the you know we were married and we have a kinship <laughs> kind of way right and and yeah it just shows that it's also a smart move because technically 
Tyrion and Sansa are still married within the eyes of Westeros instead of the north where there was that shitty marriage that she had with uh, uh, Ramsay. Ramsay. So without that, not, with that not there, when Tyrion says, all right, I pick Sansa, and Grey Worm's like, great, now we're going to take you to the execution table. And everyone said, you know, agrees and says Sansa's the queen. Then Sansa says, actually, Grey Worm, what are you doing? You can't execute the king of Westeros. You can't execute my husband. That would be an act of war. Exactly. And then Grey Worm's like, oh, shit. And then Tyrion just turns around and smiles, and he's like, we did the, you can, you can have it all. You can yeah. have it all yeah. in one moment, especially if Tyrion's been, we've let Tyrion be stupid for two seasons. Yep. It's the ultimate power move. And you could, you could even say something about like him saying, I do think Bran has the best story. And Bran just is like, uh, as the three eyed Raven, I'd rather stay out of it. And then that's when Tyrion's like, so instead of picking that person, I'm going to pick the person with the other best story. Right. And that's been complete. All of this has been completely set up throughout the season because there's a point where Tyrion's talking to Bran, being like, oh, you can't, you must be so excited to be the king of the north now. And he's like, oh, Bran's like, I don't really want that. And he's like, oh, okay, interesting. And then the whole season, Sansa's being set up as, hey, you're the one that really cares about the people. The, the mm-hmm. first thing when the dragons came in at, in Winterfell was, oh, what, what are we going to feed them? We don't have enough food for everyone. And then the hound comes up to her at one point. She's like, you've changed so much. You used to be like a wide-eyed little girl. And she's like, yeah, but now I'm a fucking badass. <laughs> like, I can do yeah. shit. And Tyrion and her have these moments. They were completely setting it up. I mean, I think in their minds they were setting her up to be queen of the north rather than queen of everything. <sighs> but, which makes sense in a certain way if you want to divide the Westeros from the north so that the north is its own republic. Right. But I don't, that's not the point of the whole thing. Like, Sam saying that there should be democracy is kind of how I would want it to go uh-huh. in an ideal world, but not everyone can handle democracy, so I'm okay with it being so you're a saying monarchy. Sam wants democracy. Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I want democracy. Yeah, I do. I want democracy. I think that's. I think that is how it should have happened. And there would be instead of the being, you know, the family line is the lords. You know, you'd elect somebody, and obviously it would go to somebody who's in power, mm-hmm. so they could still be that way. But if we're not doing that, Sansa should be queen. Tyrion should be her king at her hand, at her side. So there can be two rulers in Westeros, and they have equal power. Yep. No, I I think that's where they really should have gone. And it's really frustrating. Like, I remember when I was watching the episode and he was like, Tyrion says, and that is Bran. I was like, what are you fucking kidding me? I'm sure I said that earlier. I think it would have been Bran, but it, it could have been Bran if he had been in every season and they made his stuff feel more integral to the political part. Uh-huh. Because Bran seemed integral to the White Walker part. Where it's where he's been the one that like you know the whites are chasing after that he's the key to to like Westeros's history, but not to its politics. Right. Which he just seemed like a weird choice in that regard because he shouldn't have been the main focus of both the White Walker story and the political story. Right. That's as far as I could tell. But I recently it was confirmed by George R. R. Martin that Bran was his choice to be king, which I'm sure possibly in the books was set up better. Mm-hmm. But I again I don't know. Well. So now that we've... Do we just want to talk about Bran being king in general? Or do we want to, like, discuss the whole rest of the episode first? Uh, Whichever your thoughts are. My main finishes or, like, fixes with the episode are just with Bran. Mm -hmm. Like, I say we deal with Bran right now. Yeah, let's deal with Bran. So the only way... 
and I think this is where the prequels are going to go, and we were saved this twist because we have prequels. Mm -hmm. I really think Bran is a bad guy. This is like a big theory on online and everything, and I completely agree with it because he supposedly can see the future and everything, so the guy willingly let a million people die or something, someone on Reddit was saying, for him to be king. Like, he could have prevented all that, and I think... If he's evil, a big thing that George R. R. Martin says is like, oh, yeah, like I hate it in Lord of the Rings how it was like good versus bad. Like there's some gray in between. Mm -hmm. So with this perspective, knowing that Bran is actually a bad guy, now the White Walkers aren't so bad. Like they were just trying to come and like, you know, save some lives. Like maybe they're... I mean, they were still killing a bunch of people. Well, yeah, but in the... From their point of view, they're trying to kill a lot of people so the more people don't die. I'm not saying the White Walkers are, like, justified in anything, but at least, you know, they have a better plot than, like, oh, we're going to kill all culture in yeah. Westeros. Because if you're going to kill all culture, go to the fucking Citadel and burn or freeze everything, right? But technically, Bran is the connection to all that, so he could easily, not easily, but help them dictate every single piece of information that's ever been, you know, before. So he is the link to it. So you would ha- you still would have to kill him so that none of that stuff would ever come back. But it yeah, it just doesn't make sense for him to be the cultural powerhouse, the political powerhouse. I I agree. I agree. I think he, if this is the case, he's got to be a bad guy for the prequels. Yeah, and well, I think what what I'm saying with the prequels is that it's a White Walkers prequel, so we're mm-hmm. learning more about them. And I think we're gonna learn like in episode one or like maybe the season finale. It's like. Our main guy, and here's like all the reasons why we hate him is the three eyed raven, and then it's just a picture of Bran, just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I think that is the only way that any of this can be justified because if he's bad, we've seen him work into people like Hodor and made their minds go scrambled, so he works into Danny and makes her go fucking nuts. So that explains why yeah. she went all crazy in the last episode, just because some dude was messing with her head. But then that just ruins Danny's entire, like... I mean, her story story is already ruined. Right. But it almost ruins it even more if it's just some fucking kid who just wargs into her mind and makes her crazy. Because I totally get that... I I think they were setting up, if there were more seasons, that Bran had warped into the Mad King. Right. And that's why he went mad. And so, perhaps, because they didn't do that in the show, they might actually be saving that so that he could warg into Danny. I just just don't... I I know. I, I don't think that you're wrong. I just don't like it. I think it would have been better than just Danny like going nuts like out of nowhere like because then that final shot of the show or whatever we I don't know just final shot we see Brienne is reading a fucking book and finds <laughs> out that she he's the really bad guy and now we have flashbacks of Danny being like crazy and the eyes go white or whatever mm-hmm. and it gives it gives an explanation. To something, at least. It I, it gives an explanation, but I, I don't know. I, I still I still would re- I still just want to take Bran out of the equation. Yeah. Together, I wanna I wanna take him and have him go go north with uh with with John. Because mm. if if we're doing the version where John's still alive and we're gonna fix it, John goes north to the Night's Watch and he goes out with the Wildlings and he's. And he carries Bran with him, like, the way that he's always done. Just even leaves Bran's like, are you comfortable? And Bran's just like, I've gotten used to this. Yeah. And he takes Bran up to the up to the tree where the other Three-Eyed Raven used to live. Well, the thing is, we're also set up that Bran has changed. He's no longer that mm-hmm. wide-eyed kid. And wh- who's the person that used to carry Bran around? The girl who uh, leaves him at one point? Mira Reed? Yeah, Mira Reed. Yeah. 
at one point she's like, Brand, you're not the same. You're like different. I don't like you anymore. And that scene is there just to show us like, hey, Brand's a dick now. We yeah. shouldn't like Brand. And yeah, he's different. He's a dick. Mm-hmm. We'd never really address it after that. Nope. Uh, well, something else I would want to change. Say John is alive. We still, he's a prisoner right now in this episode. And Grey Worm. Okay, so Bran has just been knighted or whatever. He's king with all those people. And Grey Worm's like, well, this still doesn't decide what we're doing with John. Like, my people are mad and everything. And Bran is just like, you know, right? You know what? You're perfectly right. Um, your people should get some blood. I'm sorry, but I think we're going to have to execute John. And then everyone's sort of like, well, that's fair. He did kill her queen, and this is the only way for peace. Like, good good move. But what he's really doing is killing the last bloodline to the throne. Whoa. Whoa. Yes? No? Eh. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know. This, this show just has taken a lot out of me. Yeah. And, no. like, I, I still, I don't know. As as much annoying as annoying as John has been, I do think that he needs to go and brood in the north. I do think so because the whole the point the the point of John Snow through the entire show is that he doesn't want anything. <laughs> and the only time the only time we ever saw him happy is when he was with the wildlings, like yeah. not when they were going on their raids to kill people, right. but when he was with them and they were just trying to be themselves. They were just living in the north, trying to live peacefully, not actually hurting the Night's Watch, just doing their thing and being, you know, a little crazy living off the land with Egret so that they could, like, you know, be a family, do all that stuff. And without her, he could at least do that with his other red-headed bestie, <laughs> Tormund. Hey. And, again, Carrie, you know, and he even said to Tormund, hey, I'm cool setting up shop with you guys uh, north of the wall again. Just could we make a pit stop a little farther north uh, so I can drop my brother off? And then they, you know, it's all, they're on the road, him... Bran, John, and Tormund, and the rest of the wildlings. Yeah. Well, another thing that really bums me out is this just an overarching mm-hmm. thing of the episode, that this whole series, we start with the Starks being together, and then the rest of the time we're like, we want the Starks to get back together, we want them to like live their lives out together, mm-hmm. and they get back together for like a week, and then they're like, all right... <laughs> Sansa's going to the north, mm-hmm. or is going to rule the north. John's going to rule the, uh, be part of the north. Arya's going to the west, and Bran is going to be king now. Like, we're going to be a totally opposite continents. Which, like, man, I was there to see them get together. It is, but I, I do get why they were doing that, because the Starks, you know, need to go all over the place so that they can, you know, rule their respective areas and have influence, because the one pure family in the entire show was the Starks. So it does make sense that they'd say, well, their influence should spread throughout the world mm. if they can. But yeah, for, for the sake of the characters themselves, it'd be really nice if they could all stay in the same place so they yeah. could be a family. But I mean, they're too important to keep all in the same place. I know, I know, but it still bothered me that, yeah. you know, there were, I remember the parody Taylor Swift songs of like, we are never getting back together. And it's just the Starks dying. It's like, <laughs> we are never, cut, oh. heads can cut off Red Wedding and all that. And um, I was like, yeah, you're right. I do want these people to get together, other Taylor. Um, other Taylor. <laughs> uh, but I do have a couple other things that I would like All right, to go ahead. this episode. So, uh, obviously, taking Bran and moving him to the north with John. I still want John to go to the north because that's where he was happiest. That show up, she did something right there. Way to go, guys. You're nice. Uh, I would like, first thing, I don't know, did we mention this in the recap? Because Brienne's sitting down to write her book. Mm. I write the book with, like, writing Jamie's final story. I still think that's fine. Right. I still think Brienne should write, you know, Jamie Lannister 
died defending his queen, and we can leave that ambiguous to whoever that wants to be. She blows on the page, lets the ink dry, <laughs> nice and soft. Then she turns to the like the next page, and it's blank. And then she writes, Sir Brienne of Tarth, and starts writing her own goddamn story. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, do not know. let her fate end with Jamie Lannister ruining her life. Yep, no. She needs to write her own story. I agree, and she deserves one of those pages at the very least. She is a knight now. Yes. Yeah, preach it, preach it. Keep going. Oh, yeah, and uh, the final final big thing is uh, the small council. Because Tyrion is the king and can no longer be hand... I, this is this is where I was saving Sir Davos for. Okay. If he's dead, we'll figure it out later. But if I can keep him alive, Sir Davos is the hand of the king or queen or both of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because he's earned it. He worked <laughs> so hard. He was with Stannis for so long, sacrificed so much, moved sides, and he's been the guy that's like, oh, you want someone to smuggle you somewhere? I can do that for sure. Instead of being the master of ships, which makes sense, but he's... He's been, the, like, the tactical guy. He's been the, the moral compass for everyone. I think you need both a moral compass and someone who actually knows strategy, and especially sneaky strategy. Yeah. That's perfect for a hand. That's someone who knows how to lead when you're not around. That's what Sir Davos has been leading up to, and that's, that's what I'll fight for. Yeah, no, I'll agree with that. I think that would have worked a lot better. But the thing mm-hmm. is, like, all right, or are you saying in your version, Sansa... Is the person who's in charge right uh, now? Both, both Sansa and Tyrion. They're, they're both king and queen, and they they made you know whatever decree that the king and queen are allowed to rule uh, simultaneously instead of it being you know just the man and the family. Okay, well with those two, I think that makes sense. Like they've seen his arc and been around Davos a lot. Yes. Bran, on the other hand, it's like, who are you again? Who are you? <laughs> no, no. We're, in this version, Sansa and Tyrion are on the okay. throne. Just making sure. Sir Davos is the hand. We can let Braun be the fucking master of coin. Even though... Because that's funny. I'm okay with comedy for, in this sense for the sake of that. Uh, okay, but one joke that didn't land. That Tyrion is not in the fucking Ice and Fire book? Yeah. How does that make that any sense? No sense. They, it, Sam's also, you know, the headmaster. And you can write the book A Song of Fire and Ice and just show, like, that instead of someone saying it out loud, he opens the title page and it says that and, you know, Sir Davos just closes it and says, retitle it, or something like that, you know. If you're going to be cheesy, make it better. He should point out grammar errors. Yeah, <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Errors. And uh, then once uh, Tyrion finds out he's not in the books, Sam will be like, don't worry, I'll, I'll make edits. <laughs> like, you, you'll be in this. Yeah. Don't worry, you'll finish this. I'll finish this before I die. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Ooh. Oh, sorry. That was bad. Ooh. Poor taste. Yikes. Uh, Brienne still gets to be, you know, the head of knights or whatever she was mm. uh, then. And if Arya's still alive, if we do want to keep some of the Starks together, Master of War. Or Whispers. Master of... uh, True, she could actually wear a couple hats. Yeah. Maybe she is the Master of War and the Master of Whispers. I know Gendry's supposed to be in charge of a a river run? Yeah. Or Storm's End? One of the two. One of those two. I I think it's Storm's End. I think Gendry's in charge of Storm's End. But if he's allowed to multitask, perhaps he's the Master of Ships because he knows how to row a boat. Ooh. Yeah, sure. Yeah, He's, sure. He was rowing for, what was it, four years now? Something like uh, that? He was rowing for many years. Oh, man. Uh, and, yeah, and I think the, that's, like, a good set of counsel, and obviously whoever's left over, you know, fill those roles later. But I do think that keeping those roles there, and, a, and I really do, like, want to fight for the Sir Davos aspect of it. If he's still alive in this version, like, he he's worked, like, so hard and has always been part of everything and has always, like, tried to say the right thing. And I think at this point, he's the wisest 
and like most capable of anyone to be the hand. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm actually a little surprised they didn't go that way. Actually, I'm not surprised, but I think it would have made a lot more sense. But as we just said, a lot of this whole season didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. So... I don't know. Do you have any changes to the to that small council you'd want? Um, not really. I want to hear the rest of that uh, joke about a was it a honey badger and a squirrel? Oh, it's a something. Yeah, it's a badge, badger something and 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 a something walking to a brothel. Yeah, I want to hear the end of that joke, even if it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only stupid joke I would take out of this whole thing. Like, would be happy to hear. But besides that, like. That's all I would want to change of this episode. Like, the big thing is just making Bran evil. If you're done, I want to talk about what was rumored about to be the ending for a bit. All right, go for it. So, this was spoiled a while ago, I guess. I luckily wasn't spoiled at the time. But it was spoiled about the whole ending that Bran became king, Jon kills Danny, and all that. It was all confirmed to be true. But the one thing that this guy got wrong was that Jon journeys into the north... And we pan down to see a White Walker symbol, freshly made. Oh. So, what do you think about that? That it ends and there's still, there's a White Walker, like, you know, the, the potential People. of danger there. Yeah, it's like, it's freshly made, so it's definitely like, all right, these guys are still wandering around. Uh, it would depend on what kind of tone we're going for, for that ending beat. Because the ending beat that it is, is John and the Wildlings walking off into the wilderness, and it's like... You know, this is everyone is where they should be. Right. Uh, if you pan down and there's a White Walker symbol, it's like this piece that you think you have, like that you've done, that you think you've achieved, means nothing because death is always coming for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it's a very interesting thought. I I like it if at the same time they do that other shot where you also see grass growing, like in okay. the north. So, like, you have them side by side where it's like, uh, you know, you see a flower sprouting at the same time as you see the White Walker symbol. So it's like the, oh, ba- the, the battle for the life yin and the yang. Yeah, the battle for okay. life and death are still there at the same. It, it'll never end, but at least the, at least there's hope. Even when there's darkness, there's still hope. So if it if it is going to be that, I would want to add that to it. Okay. I think they made a very... If this was the way that it was going to end, I think they made a very smart decision because that would have just pissed me off. Because yes. the thing is, like, with people, the Starks going either way, it is like, all right, this is where they end. Nothing else is going to happen. But if you show me a fucking white walker symbol, I'm like, wait, this story isn't over yet. Like, yes. we still have something to talk about. No, I agree. So that's why if the symbol was just the only thing there, I would not be happy about it. Right. But an interesting thing that it made me think about is... You know, it would be really stupid to have your one main source of, like, living fight in a battle. Mm-hmm. Like, say, the main White Walker guy. Like, if he died, that whole race is being extinct. Mm-hmm. And I think it would make more sense if there was a queen White Walker who's really, like, the one that converts everyone. I know we've seen the Night King turn yeah. people into it. But, like, there should be a queen bee, I would say, that really is producing all this. I think it would make sense but again, a lot of this didn't make yeah. sense. I mean, yeah, again, the way that I would rationalize it is that the Night King would really want to be the one to kill Bran, so mm-hmm. that's why he would enter the fight. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, he's the one that, he's the only one that actually has, like, you know, human thoughts and capabilities since he was fully human before turning into a White Walker. Mm-hmm. He's actually, yeah, the only one who didn't have to die in order to become a White Walker. Right. So I think it does make sense-ish. 
that he would join the fight, but not in, like, a strategic sense. Yeah, that's what I was more going for, the strategic sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's all the other things I really wanted to talk about with uh, episode six, really. But No, it all makes sense. It's just, we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, we have. We're uh, close to three hours, man. Of recording, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you guys hear this at home, uh, it'll be a little less than a... Uh, than two hours? No, that's not happening. Cool. Fun times, everybody. Is there anything you would want to touch up on Game of Thrones in general? Prequels or sequels, hmm. what you would want to see? Are you interested in watching a prequel series of Game of Thrones after all this, I At guess? At this point, not really. Same I, I think they would have to provide me with a really intriguing premise, which is why I don't like the idea of a prequel. I actually would prefer a sequel either set many years later or, like, one generation later. Like, did you ever see uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and then The Legend of Korra? I know what it is, and that's where I was going to go with this also. Yes. You can explain it more. Yeah, I mean, for those of you who don't know, Avatar The Last Airbender, Nickelodeon show, uh, really popular, lasted three seasons, and a lot of people really liked it. Uh, And then there's a a spinoff show that they made called The Legend of Korra, uh, where it happened one generation later, where there's this thing called The Avatar, which is the master of all four elements, like, you know, that can produce fire, manipulate water, air, and earth. And basically, it's the the sequel series is the one that happens right after the main character, Aang, dies. This new girl, Korra, becomes the new Avatar. And I would I think that that's a, a much better fit for the show to see one generation later, like, you see if Bran's the king, you see Bran dead. And it's like, mm. all right, now we need to... Because he's lived a long life where he's helped and taught everybody done everything for the kingdom it's actually prospering so well okay and then he dies and someone else takes over and perhaps it is uh since since it has to be now an elected official we start off with the with the dragon council you know the the dragon, dragon council. council but you know what i mean like the the, the, the yeah, dragon, small council the dragon, yeah, yeah, yeah where they meet up to decide who's the next king uh-huh uh and they pick someone you know whatever young and inexperienced similar to brand they're like we should do something like that and it turns out that's a horrible mistake, and now they have to teach him how to be a king or whatever. Okay. And there's other stuff happening, obviously. Right. We're going to gun for the throne at the same time. But I don't want the prequels. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want the prequels either. I mean, what are your thoughts for this kind of thing? The prequels stuff, I'm just like, it's a prequels about the White Walkers, how they lived. And I'm like, you should have just put that in the show, man. <laughs> like, yes. everyone was asking for it, but not like, oh, I want to watch a whole new show about it. Like, these people supposedly don't talk. But also, yeah, if they're going to do a White Walker spinoff, if if it's going to happen, make it a miniseries. Do a six-episode event where it's like the be- the origins of the White Walkers. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think for a sequel, there's a lot more interesting stuff. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to compare it to a sequel thing, I want to do Force Awakens, mm-hmm. where we still have everyone like that was in the show, but they're just older, and yes, the younger generation is there. But like elements that I would want to do is like, all right, the White Walkers are still alive, and John bumped into him. Bran is still uh, leading, and, you know, he's, like, doing some shitty shit. <laughs> and uh, the other people in that small council are, like, pretty pissed that Sansa is independent because, like, yeah, it's a pretty big thing. Like, they want to attack her and stuff. So John actually teams up with the White Walkers, being like, oh, wow, Bran's a shitty person. Like, yeah, I don't... we want him dead Mm -hmm. i don't know eventually they kill him and now it's the whole thrones thing is back up in the air 
And so it's not just people want the throne. They want to take over Winterfell now because this is an independent colony mm-hmm. or like country. So they're like, yeah, we want that land. Sorry, Sansa. The only reason why you got away with this was because Bran was king. And then, boom, there's your sequel. See, I'd be down for it if they actually did make it 20 years, like literally our real 20 years later. Yeah. So like 2039 is the first season. And then we put that out there. Because I feel like if it's like, all right, in three years, we're going to see the next generation where it's like, well, hold on. I want to like, I want to let that soak in because I feel like as much as we as younger people like The Force Awakens, I bet it was like, like if the people were fans of it, it was pretty rad to go from 1983 and seeing Return of the Jedi. And then it's like you actually had the amount of time that passed with with the characters as well. Yeah. To like fully emotionally like feel that happen. And it's crazy, like, gonna give another pat on the back to George Lucas. He planned all that out. Like, after mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, he went up to Mark Hamill and was like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a, a sequel to this, like, in, I don't know, maybe in, like, 2015 or something. And Mark Hamill's like, oh, I mean, sure, I'd love the job stability. I just don't know if, <laughs> if, we, oh, yeah. if I can wait that long. Because, yeah, his, I mean, George Lucas' original plan was nine installments. Yeah. So, it does make sense. And... If, if it was a thing where HBO's not going to wait 20 years... Which I really don't think they will. I'll give them five at best. Yeah. Then I'd want it to be a Legend of Korra kind of thing where if we do see maybe one or two original characters, uh-huh. they are much older and they'll be like old age makeup or whatever. And it'll be mostly new people kind of filling the roles and telling a similar but new story. And like taking the mythology but advancing it somewhere else. Like it would actually be really cool to see like to actually see the king training. Because the only king training we ever saw was with Joffrey and Tommen. And Tommen's was barely even training because just the High Sparrow basically took over. And with Joffrey, it was a little shit that didn't listen to king training and whatever that meant. So it would be really cool if, like, you know, Bran dies and then they find some, you know, some kid on the street who was, uh, you know, not, not necessarily the same thing where he was also paralyzed, but it's like, you know, come from small, small, meager beginnings and some royal person, like, screwed him over. Mm-hmm. And so the new hand of the king is like, this should be our king. And then they actually try and teach him. And he's like, oh. I... And then there's the, then you get the Jon Snow story where he's like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And you get to see someone who doesn't want it actually try and, like, lead. Right. I don't know. Something like that. I, yeah. It, it would be good if, if, they, if, if HBO could hold, the, hold themselves together and wait to do the 20 years later. I would be actually really down for that. I really don't think they're going to wait 20 no, years later. Are, aren't they already making a spin-off of Tony Soprano? Yeah, how long did that young go? Tony Soprano. How long did that take? 10 years? Uh, it ended in 2007, I think. 12 so years. 12 yeah. years. Yeah. But, I mean, it is it is starring James Gandolfini's son, and they are, you know, trying to be as respectful as possible. But that's actually just going to be a movie. That's not going to be a series. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, cool. As far as I know, it might, be a mo- it might be a series, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a movie. Either or. Okay. So, 12 years is still a long enough time. That, like, yeah, no, 12 you know, years is like, uh, they're just starting to double dip, so that's good. So maybe they do a couple of these prequels, realize people don't like it. You know, 20 years later, then they'll finally say, all right, let's bring everybody back. Do a thing where we realize, oh, Bran was the wrong choice for King. Yeah, I would be down. Sequel, not prequel, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, so since we did briefly touch on Star Wars, how do you feel about these showrunners taking over the Star Wars trilogy? What a good parallel. That's a great segue. You get an A plus on Thank segues you. today. You. <laughs> even, even exhaustion doesn't stop you here. Uh, I might be in the minority here, but I don't mind it because 
Everyone, everyone, everyone hear me out. Everyone hear me out here. I don't think anything they were doing with Game of Thrones was interrupted because of Star Wars. Okay. Perhaps they took meetings, you know, to discuss their ideas. And I'm sure they met up and talked about what are some of our ideas for Star Wars. But I am 90% certain they did not write a single screenplay, like a single word on the screenplay for the new Star Wars movies until the show was completely, like, done, being written at least. They could have dabbled a little bit while they were shooting and possibly in in post-production where they were writing. But I don't think it's bad because David Benioff is a solid novel writer. Dan Weiss is like, you know, he, he, they all, they both did their own separate things for a little while. They did their own separate movies. They didn't do like fantastic movies, but they did do some solid stuff. They put things together and then they, you know, created this show and they did have a roadmap for where to go. So perhaps if they have the roadmap of the Star Wars universe, they can adapt those things and turn it good. That's the biggest thing for me. Are they creating something original yeah. or are they adapting? Because with Game of Thrones, they have proven they are really good at adapting. Mm-hmm. With their own stuff, like even if we're... I do think they got a little busy with Star Wars. But even if we're just saying, all right, let's take their original content of Game of Thrones. Season 7 and 8 or... Wait, 6 and six, 7? Seven and eight. Yeah, 6. I think, I think maybe parts of 6 were still... From the books, but I do think their biggest deviations came in five and six, and then they were completely separate in seven and eight. Right. So let's just take seven and eight. Yeah. Was this good writing? No. Uh, I think that they had they had the inner workings of a good story, but it was simply because of what was built before. Right. They already had the character relationships. They already had the plot, the yeah. dialogue. Uh, That's the thing. Uh, this is it's it's weird that the same show that had like a low candlelit conversation where Tyrion told a story to uh, to the to the Viper about how his younger cousin used to smash bugs and it took like three minutes and it was very dramatic was the same show where Tyrion said now listen for the bells yeah do you hear the bells it, it, they're capable of these really really good things when they have a roadmap and they can focus on the character stuff. Right. And as we've talked about uh, in our Star Wars month, I don't believe the people running Star Wars right now really have that hindsight or planning ability to have that. So unless it is something they're adapting, I'm a bit worried is what I'm getting to. Yeah, I I agree. I think they, yeah. Especially if they're trading off years with Avatar. (laughs) Yeah. There's, you know, they're going to do a Star Wars and an Avatar and a Star Wars and an Avatar, you know, uh, off and on. Yeah. It's I I I want to have hope. So I'm not going to immediately say that I think this is a bad idea cuz it'll be 3 and a half years I think before the next Star Wars movie comes out. So there's a lot of time to work on it. Mhm. Even if it is original, they will have a good amount of time to work with it. Yeah. Yeah. We will see. We will we'll see. see. Uh, I mean, in the meantime, we can watch their Confederate show. Oh, re- that's what we're just getting, is Star Wars Confederate. What if that's what they do? What if they just repurpose their Bible for it, but they just make it about racist Star Wars characters, where it's like, the stormtroopers are even more Nazi than they were before? <laughs> I could see it. I really could see it. Mm-hmm. 
but time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. Well, any final thoughts, Taylor? Or do you think we're uh, we're we're straight out of gas? I think we literally gave every single thought that we could think of for this podcast. <laughs> do not expect any other TV show podcast to happen, guys. Or at least anytime uh, soon. Oh like, no! If you have a thought, leave a comment in the iTunes area yeah. or on social media. But we're going to take a break from TV for a little bit. Yep, yep. Leave a comment on iTunes if you can. Uh, five stars. You just listened to over a three-hour podcast, so I feel like you could spend the extra two seconds to do that. We would greatly appreciate Far it. Far and away our longest podcast. Like, if you combine two of our Star Wars things, yeah, it's two hours. If you combine, like, our year-end list, yeah, it's two hours. This is three hours <laughs> on one subject. Oh, man. And so if you want to catch us... Latest content on social media, it's uh, just Dr. Script on Facebook and Instagram. If you want us on Twitter, that is DR Script Podcast. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, like you said, please subscribe. We're, we're excited to put out some more content uh, as, as soon as possible, as soon as our brains will let us. Yep. Uh, this is what that three-week hiatus was for, guys. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, thank you guys so much, and we will see you soon. So long. So long. So long. Our watch has ended. <laughs>